Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the IWR Podcast, Independent Wrestling Radio. My name is Clinton Bowman, the host of this podcast where we talk everything independent wrestling. Before we get started on the topics of the day, we will introduce the host, starting from Temecula, California. He is a guy who likes to play lots of Fallout and Mortal Kombat and a staunch supporter of the Fuck Davy Richards movement. His name is Nicholas, one man, big black, baby Jesus X, Gray. What's up, Nick? Wrestling sucks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, 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 what's with this attitude all of a sudden? I need to start shit. Controversy. I'm the outlaw of the IWC, damn it. Oh, so you want to be Eric Bischoff now? No. No one wants to be Eric Bischoff. <laughs> From El Paso, Texas. Weighing in at 215 pounds, Eddie Guerrero. I mean, um, Randy McWilliams. What's up, La lady? Raza? Viva La Raza? Apparently and, that. And Chico's Tacos, but yeah. I'm mm, from El Paso. Tacos. Yeah, he's already blazed. And, um, Not yet, but I will be. <laughs> and from that shithole known as New Jersey, where a woman's wrestling promotion just hosted a 76-minute long match in an 83-degree building... With the only thing that accounts for air conditioning being called a fan, where Mountain Dew and Cheetos are proudly sold alongside hot dogs and bad t-shirts. His name is Jersey Viper, Jason Namco Bandai Incorporated. What's up, Jason? <laughs> I mean, why are you putting my stuff out on the radio, man? It, it was not 76 minutes. It was more like 80. I mean, when they left my house after we uh, you know, had some fun, you know, and all. I mean, I looked at the clock and it was 76 minutes. I'm like, damn, we went long. Man, but anyways, man, I'm sorry. If it takes you that long to bust a nut, that's sad. Well, it was not just one. Okay. Multiple nuts. So wait, they are all the nuts. So wait, it was 30. It was like finisher kick out like a Davy Richards match. <laughs> yo, fuck Davy Richards. <laughs> anyways, like it, Final Battle 2010, bad. Yo, fuck Davy. Oh, I was there. That's true. <laughs> oh, I was there for that. No, don't remind. Oh, memories from the corners of my mind. I was also there to see Awesome Kong's granny panties. That wasn't the prettiest. And Davey Hayes stole me and eat a sandwich. My eyes. Oh, man. Anyway, Jason. Let's yes. get started, man. Lead us off. All right, we are going to review here today for you fine folks who are listening to this independent wrestling podcast. We're going to review last weekend's Chikara Source Rex shows, one from Reading, Pennsylvania, and the other from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia. And possibly spoil Friday Night SmackDown for you guys because I'm a douchebag like that. Yeah, because um, Friday Night SmackDown is really a part of independent wrestling. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot more wrestling than on Monday Night Raw, much like independent wrestling shows, you know. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> but wrestling doesn't true. matter there. Wrestling matters somewhere else, even though... But we're yeah. not talking about them, Randy. Sh- I didn't say their name. Glorified indie <laughs> company? What? <laughs> but anyways, Chikara Sorosweats, night one came to us from the Goodwill Beneficial Association in Reading, Pennsylvania. Our opening contest saw 
in a 12-large summit tournament match in the Block B. We had Fire Ant defeating Jigsaw in 11 minutes 40 seconds with an upside-down short-arm scissors. Um, this was a pretty good contest. I liked both their guys' styles. They brought the brought the intensity. Both cared about having winning the, the points to move far in the 12-large summit. And uh, the finishing threat was really well done with the uh, submission by Fire Ant. I really enjoyed that submission, and I really enjoyed the opening contest. Uh, Randy, your thoughts on this match? This was a pretty good contest. This was Jigsaw's return match after, I believe, three months with a bicep injury. Luckily, the only team that had three points is stuck in Japan because, I don't know, they work there. I'll be a hero. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other ant, but which we'll talk about later. Wrong ant, CJ. Sorry. Oh, and by the way, he looked awesome in his outfit, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get into that later there, Randy. But yeah, so good match for a fire at a Jigsaw. Welcome back, uh, Jigsaw. And he had, leave he your mask a- on. Oh, oh, but Jigsaw did pretty well, um, and he did do a good job of selling the, uh, the arm injury that he had suffered that kept him out for a long time. He did a good job in that, in that, um, in this match here with Fire Ant, and it played in well to the finish. Um, Nick, your thoughts on this opening contest? I thought it was a fine opener from Chikara, which is kind of par for the course for them. Yeah. Two dudes, people know, get the crowd going, return to Jigsaw, and there was fire in the match. So this match is automatically kind of awesome. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, it's, um, for, for you guys listening to the show, Mr. CJ Bone was not able was unable to. Uh, Watch these shows that he had other prior commitments, but um, yeah, man. he hates wrestling. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was writing an article talking about women's talking about women's wrestling because that is kind of like a passion of mine. That and I was also playing Madden and getting laid. <laughs> but uh, 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 do you have any thoughts uh, on this on the result of this opening contest? It was uh, Fire Ant versus Jigsaw, right? Yes. And Fire Ant got the win. I wouldn't. I'm not mad at that. Okay. I'm not mad at that at all for several reasons. You see, Fire Ant had some things going for him, and Jigsaw just came back from injury. So why? And Jigsaw had nothing really going for him in Chikara, you know, because of the injury thing. So it's like, you know, why not get Fire Ant to end? You could. You could have given Jigsaw the win for sympathy, but isn't Jigsaw a Rudo? No, um, Jigsaw is a Technico. Been yeah. a Technico since he came. Yeah, he's only been Rudo really early on in I Chikara. mean, I remember him being a Rudo. That's the thing. That's why I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, okay. But they basically, it was basically a babyface, babyface match. Oh, so it's basically Seamus versus Randy Orton. Okay. Who versus who? Oh, okay. Excuse me. Cole Cabana versus um, El Generico. Anyways. Um, nah, I mean, Jigsaw just came back. I mean, Jigsaw, Jigsaw can afford to take a loss. Yeah. So, that's, that's, okay. that's, that's, my, that's my thoughts on the matter. Okay. Our second called Gregory Iron, who you might have saw in an AAW independent view, um, getting some praise from CM Punk. Oh, the retard. Okay. Oh. He has oh. cerebral palsy. Oh. 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 We had Gregory Iron, anyways. We had Gregory Iron defeating Jacob Hammermeyer of the, v- of the BDK. In two minutes, after Ultramantis Black, who was doing commentary, ran into the ring while the referee was knocked down and nailed Hammermeyer with the Praying Mantis bomb and put Gregory Iron on top of Hammermeyer to score the win. Um, 
pretty short match, and I like what they're doing with um, Black. Is he's basically on a mission to destroy everybody in the BDK until he gets to Ares uh, for an eventual match between them two. Um, Randy, your thoughts on this match? Uh, pretty much this match was simply for angle advancement, having Black and Ares duel it out again, even though... They were kind of trying to get Delirious away from the BDK, and they kind of did Ultramantis Black and Aries last year, which led to the Batiri, and by the way, what happened to the Batiri and Sin Bodhi, but other than all that, um, still good angle advancement. Mm-hmm. Nick, your thoughts on the match? I skipped this match, because you the gimp. He's not bad, but there was nothing that showcased his talents in this match. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was so I skipped it. Went to the end, so Ultramandis, be awesome. Since we here at the IWR promote goodwill. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> and I guess CJ would have the same thoughts on this result. <laughs> Ultra Cheat is black, what? Oh. Aww. Well, he yeah. is, uh, he is a very evil, evil doer. I mean, all you guys is black is just, ang- is just angry. He's just mad because they found him, and that's all. <laughs> he, he's all mad. He, he's all mad. He's just mad. Anyway, so Eddie Kingston was, um, wrestling to, uh, defeated Adam Cole with a back fist to the future. Yes. Jason, your thoughts on this? Oh, this was a pretty good match. This is Cole's. Um, I think second appearance in Jakari He's playing the heel that he normally plays in CCW without Princess Mia Yim. Um, Man, she ain't no damn princess. She's black. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, pretty well worked contest. Um, the finishing stretch is really well done with the, the constant strikes by Kingston Lee and into the back fist of the future, which Randy just talked about this one before about how sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't hit. This was kind of like leaning towards the sometimes it doesn't hit, so it really wasn't that that big of a of a blow to the head on to Cole to, for uh, Kingston to hit the win here. But it, it was still a pretty well worked match between the two. I I enjoyed it. Randy, your thoughts? Yeah, Adam Cole is awesome as a heel. He's he he can play a face and heel pretty well. Yeah, and this I showcased it here because mm-hmm. they don't watch CZW or care to. So I would be the only one that knows that. But regardless. Kingston gets the victory. He still hasn't lost a singles match since, cleanly since last year. Pretty good. Uh, not a bad thing. Good match. Yeah. So, so Nick, Nick, your, Nick, your thoughts? Oh, man. Anytime I see Eddie Kingston, it's pretty good. Good day. And, uh, I'm impressed. I was kind of watching this more for Adam Cole because I, I see Kingston. I, I know what he can do. And I, it's a pretty good heelish tactic from. Adam Cole, there was some good leg work, but he didn't really lead to anything because Kingston doesn't really use his legs. So, yeah, that was kind of fucked. <laughs> but uh, I guess you know, whatever. It was a, it was a good match. It was a good, pretty good match. I definitely want to see more of Adam Cole and Shikara. Yeah, I mean, I, as do I. See so you your thoughts on the result of this match. You know what? I'm gonna go back and get the. I'm gonna go back and get these DVDs and watch these matches and provide a, a full review, audio okay. review, uh, okay. for you guys because this card is looking really good and I feel bad for not following Chikara like I promised I would. Because mm-hmm. I love Chikara, bro. I love Chikara's yeah. stuff and it's the best. I mean, Eddie Kingston is a 
fucking amazing wrestler. Adam Cole is a genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, anytime he can play both sides that well, like he does for such a short amount of time he's been in the business, I mean... I mean, he has trained in the ZZW Academy, believe it or not. Yeah, for somebody who was trained in CZW and to be this good... Yo, Nick, what is a CZW again? He's... So... I don't know what that is. Uh, anyway, so we go to the fourth match. Three Olay! Three Olay! Scott Parker and Shane <laughs> defeat, <laughs> defeat Fist, Converse, Converse All-Star Chuck Taylor, um, Chucky T. and Icarus. Ew. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. So you mean to tell me the, 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 the video game Kid Icarus was a wrestler too? What? <laughs> oh, no, this Icarus has a shitty back tat and a shitty pedigree. Oh, oh, so Icarus has a tramp stamp because he used to be a girl. No, <laughs> he doesn't have a tramp stamp. It's his whole fucking back. Oh, so, so Icarus... So he's just Vance oh, Archer. So hold on, so hold on, so hold on, hold on. You now look at the moon, so basically Icarus is 50 up. cent. Icarus is 50 cent. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. Fuck it. We'll go with that. I, I, I completely got it. Anyways, Jason, your thoughts on this match? Wow, this was a really well-worked trios match. Um, I, This is my first time seeing Parker and Matthews in this free LA tag team with El Generico, who, I mean, there's just no awards in the El Generico. This guy's just, just so damn good. Wait, wait. I mean, on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. You mean, I'm sorry to get in the head. You mean to tell me Portia Perez wrestled on this show and I didn't even know? What the fuck? Why did you yeah, um, talked about you, that? that we we told you it a million times, I guess. You told me this, yet I didn't remember to download. Mm, she's my best uh, friend. We thought this was the selling point for you there. see and get that Portia Perez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In an interview with her. She's the best friend in the world. Portia Perez. Portia's going to find this out. What the people were talking about in this match. Portia's going to find this out and she's going to give you a cookie ninja. No! She'll she'll try to kill your unborn baby. Randy, shut the fuck up. Anyway. Bryce to the rescue. Oh my god. Oh, and also Johnny Gargano looks too much like Alex Shelley. Yeah, he wrote up the gay blonde streak through the hair. But Johnny Gargano wait, is hitting Portia Perez. Wait, which... Alex who? <laughs> that guy who was in Generation Next. He, he, he had talent on loan from God. <laughs> oh, 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 before he got shitty going over to that company. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, that's before he went to Japan. Oh, but yeah. Japan, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I and understand. Japan, or it was TNA. He was still doing the technical stuff in TNA I, I, till I Japan. I understand. I understand now. Anyway, Jason, continue with your thoughts on this. Match. Anyways, um, getting this train back on the tracks here. Um, this was a really well worked train. And boom! Match, I derailed it again. No, I'm kidding. She <laughs> <laughs> always bring the professionalism here on the IWR. I just love it. But anyways, goddamn Jericho, you're so fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Generico is just so awesome. I mean, and, and Matthews and Parker are pretty decent in the ring. Um, this is my first time seeing them, and I really enjoyed their work. Um, Taylor and Gordana are pretty good. I have seen a couple of their matches in Evolve. Um, they are pretty decent. It's Cars. No. But, anyways. Um, 
thoughts on this guy. He's just, to me, he's just not that good, but, I mean, like I said, it was a well-worked trios match. They gave everybody a little decent shine in there, you know, Jericho doing his great face and peril stuff and his great comeback offense. And, you know, Parker Memphis actually getting the win with the, with what they dubbed the sweet taste of professionalism. So I liked it. It's a pretty decent finish over there. Uh, Randy, your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I've seen Apollo 55 use that finisher just to shit on 3.0, but nah, uh, <laughs> nah, yeah, they that same move, just called Black Hole Vacation, but uh, it, but it, I thought that it was gonna be Fisk going over in this case before I read the results, and then yeah, um, pretty good match still. Three point all lay. Uh, team will probably see sparingly since Generico's not a full time regular in Shakara as of yet. He might be, but I don't want them to change his Olay theme like they're yeah, changing it. I- and, and the and the greatest thing ever was them during the intermission them singing a boy band song and then him them kneeling. oh yeah <laughs> that was the greatest thing ever so Nicarus your thoughts Nicarus <laughs> uh, some good old fashioned trios that's about it so that was <laughs> wasn't that the first of two trios matches on the card so yeah that was the first of two trios matches on the card the next card. The next match on the card is Johnny Kidd versus Johnny Saint. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? When I saw Johnny Kidd, you know, when I, the first person name who went right through my mind, I was totally gonna say it like this by accident. Be all like Tyson Kidd defeats Johnny Saint, and I'm like, wait, what? No one recognized Tyson Kidd without a big boob Natalia next to him. Nah, he got, and he, he cut got, his hair too. He got his hair cut. Like he took, he took that gay little patch off his hair. Like, then again, he's been banging Natalia for like ten years straight. Like, I'll tell you so. straight up. I'll tell you straight up. You know, the funny thing is, he got the person behind the results that I'm looking at. DirtyDirtSheets.com. DirtyDirtSheets.com. And maybe you should be looking the ones that um I don't know I did. <laughs> you know, like or looking on the ones that are on the official site. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I use the official side, too. I just found this remotely funny because there's a funny little quip in this one. Uh-huh. The reviewer basically says, after the thoroughly scarring experience of, of seeing Brittany and Soraya Knight this live this past shimmer, it was refreshing to see two Brits who actually exemplify the dignity and class the country is known for. Ah, ah, no, the women don't see them. That doesn't sound smarky in the least. Oh, <laughs> It's know, not smarky, it's just that, ha ha, British women are fucking whores. Anyways. Ah, uh, more Madison Eagles now. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'll get more Madison Eagles. I think we're going to be, I think if, if if I get the money, I'm going to go to Chicago for the Shimmer tapings. Welcome to Chicago, motherfucker. October 1st and 2nd. But I'm not sure, because that's a lot of money, and I do have school. So... I gotta think about that. Anyway, Jason, yeah. your thoughts on this match? I mean, this this was under British rules. These are um, as I, this is Johnny Kidd's, I believe, first time in Chicago. Johnny Saint making his second appearance. I think Johnny Kidd's first time in America. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but this was a. I mean, this is. I mean, if you, it's an acquired taste of what they do. Is their European technical style. I mean, it's it's stuff that Cole Cabana uses, but they use it to a, a full extent. 
in this match. I mean, they won 20, 25 minutes, just simple, straight wrestling. It's just pure European wrestling. I mean, Phew, I thought some you people... Gonna say, I thought you were going to say they went, they went 73 minutes in like a, an 83-degree room. Like, whoa. <laughs> Damn. No, they're, yeah, they're, not, they're not WSU. They're not WSU. I want to talk about that at the end. I really do. We, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, this was a really well-worked match, but it's something that you have to have an acquired taste to. This is my first time seeing this type of real pure European mat wrestling that these guys put on. I was I really enjoyed myself, really entertained by it. I want to see more of it. And uh, I hope these guys do come back to Chicago eventually because, I mean, even at their age of 50, 55, 60, however old they are, because they're both really up there. They have almost 100 years' experience between the two. I mean, this was just a very good, well worth match, and I, I, like I said, I want to see more of it. Randy, your thoughts? This was pretty good. I've liked most of the stuff I've seen from Johnny Saint. It could be, well, it's not really dragging, but it's his style, like how he just gets out of mood. It's just a just slow, see, it's just a slow plotting style. He's, again, for the required taste, you have to get used to. This one wasn't as bad to some people as maybe next night's encounter between Saint and Kid would be. But this was still pretty good. Yeah. And Kid gets the victory here. Yeah. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on the match? Some old guys being old guys. <laughs> and then learning. All over the place. Here's the thing. Nick's not wrong. Well, it, it, that's what they do. And that's how they do it. So they do it. And then we all look at it and go, that's pretty good. And then we get back with our lives because it was like, it was okay. I mean, yes, if you've never seen British style wrestling, you, this is, you're going to get it. It's all of it. It's, it's yeah, stuff that. Like, the thing about British style, you see, the thing about British style wrestling, where it's more shooty shoot. Yeah. It's more of a shoot wrestling style. So it's like. Uh, shoot, if you want shoot wrestling, you can go to like. UWFI or Anoki, no, IGF. It's, it's, it's a more of a shoot wrestling focus. There's a lot of the stuff that you see in America too, but it's a lot. Uh, it's very shoot wrestling. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, it's kind like, of a shoot. I've seen, like, you know, you know, even English women's wrestling is like that. Pro Wrestling Eve is a lot like that. And when you really take a look at look at the thing, at things. But it's like, but this, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching this match. I really am. It's it's it's, counter, it's, it's, oh, it's straight up it's straight up counter wrestling. It is that's that's what it is. That's what it, that is a trademark of British wrestling. Is straight is counter wrestling. It's hold for hold, and and the mark one of the marks of Johnny Sane and the thing that he's known for is all of his ways to escape out of everything, like literally everything. Yeah, you're not going to see strikes from these guys. You're just going to see straight up pure wrestling. You're not very rarely where they actually use strikes. Yep, Nigel is a good example of a British style. Yeah, guess what? His arms are all fucked up. I mean, well, that's that's before he went to Japan and, and got crazy. And well, you guys throw lariats. I can throw lariats. <laughs> Terrible. I can throw a lariat. Oh man, I, was, I got one thing to say. I was looking forward to going to the Chicago show in Manhattan on September 18th. Uh huh. Guess who's gonna be there? Who? The Young Bucks. Oh, uh, God. Now you have to go. <laughs> well, why? Because you have to go. Because you have to go. Because you'd be all like, yeah, the young bucks, yeah. I have a feeling they're going up against Quack and Jigsaw. Well, I don't want to see them. I mean, 
was the, the like they haven't done that match before. <laughs> Marty yourself, precaution. You know the one uh, the car uh, logo that's based off a of Thundercat. Uh, oh, <laughs> I can't I can't take these two. First of all, how the hell would they have a Campionato's match? <laughs> Those are the young bucks. Wait, they should. There's a team that wait, what? should get it that they should just bring it from Japan. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, Kota Gay and wait, Harada? Have a what? I'm messing. I'm messing. I'm messing. Yeah, they need three points, which... Oh, we'll get into that night, too. Wait, they have a what? <laughs> it's amazing that I'm looking at the lineup for Young Lions Cup. I only know, like, four of these guys. Which is, might be the problem. And this dude looks like Alex Shelley. <laughs> and like, the one dude has the delirious mask on. Like, what's going? What is? What is this? What is this? What are these guys. What is? What's with the two like super platinum blonde hair guys? <laughs> they look the same. <laughs> exactly. And this dude just looks like a dude. He looks like a referee. Yo, they, got, they got one dude. They got one dude that looks like a bootleg Brodus Clay. Oh, this. Well, Brutus Clay does look like King Hippo from Punch-Out. <laughs> man, I think I'm right in saying that. Young Lions Cup just... That shit. Well, they might all right, be good. All right, all right, we got a Divas. We got a... Whoops. I mean, a, a, a female. What? We have a well, Josie. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll be right. I'll be right. I'll be right. I'll be right. We have a Josie's Trios match. Yes. Mima Shimoda. Mm-hmm. Tsukasa Fujimoto, which yep. by the way, Fujimoto is the uh, is the name of my Japanese <laughs> Japanese class <laughs> sensei. Cooking in your style. And Portia Perez versus Daisy Hayes, Sarah Dere, and, and Makoto. I think I know what that signifies, but anyway. Yeah, I think I know what it signifies too, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, so you know. We got the PDK versus Puss Perez. Um, well, former PDK, that is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. J- j- uh, so the Death Lake driver on Daisy Hayes. Uh, yeah. She lost. Anyway, they lost. Yeah! So Jason thought. This is a really good trios match. I really enjoyed the work of the, of the Miyuma Shimoda, Porsche Perez, and Fujimoto team. Um, it's my first time seeing... All three of them, and then also on the... Whoa, 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 What? I'm being honest. This is my first time seeing a Porsche Perez match. You gay. Well, it ain't like you can like Shimmer stuff on YouTube. But I like what she does, though. I mean, then again... I want to see more of it. Then again, remember that website, MegaWrestling.net, where I used to get all my Shimmer stuff from, and it's like, you know, it just died? Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyways, the Shimoda Perez and Fujimoto team worked really well here. Makoto is a pretty damn good Joshi women's wrestler. I think he's girl. Yeah, and I'll yeah I'll second that notion. But um, to well, be honest, which I, one? Which one? Makoto. That's a short one, right? Yeah, no, 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 that was that's the, the one that the, the one that res- the, the one that resembles Makoto from Street Fighter. I'm- no, there's not a big buff chick in a gi. So. <laughs> so, we know Cerdo Ray is Chun Li because of those thighs. No, 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 no. Shut up. If anything, she's Pookie. Oh my God. Or Jury, yes, Jury, yes. 
But anyways, this was a really good match. All six girls worked their butts off. Or, well, actually, I should say all five worked their butts off because I'm sorry, but Daisy Hayes doesn't even have a butt. Yeah, a lot of them don't have a butt. No, but I'm I'm being serious. She doesn't. I don't know how like she goes to the bathroom because she's a freaking stroll. Oh, so let me guess. The lack of ass, you know, doesn't allow for the shit to come out properly. So Pretty much. It's like Lil Wayne said, you like a bitch with no ass. You ain't got shit. I mean, I mean, if you look at if you look at her from Star Weekend, she looks like she got. Oh, Davey Hayes got destroyed by Biba Shimoda this weekend, taking the we'll Deflate get, driver we'll get, in the night two. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, this was a really work match. I mean, that the finish with the Tiger Suplex was yeah, it was kind of it was almost a little bit botched because they really couldn't like do the the full on revolution of the Tiger Suplex because it's kind of like if you do that to Daisy Hayes, you're kind of like going to kill her. But you know. <laughs> It was a, it was a real work real well worked trios match though I really enjoyed the work from all six girls. Uh, Randy, your thoughts? Uh, this was pretty good. I found it kind of odd at some points that there were kind of two heels to a side, but it made sense in the end though. Biba Shimoda yeah. was pretty good. Portia Perez is always good for the most part. <laughs> Usually as a heel, as a face, uh, she could do it, but. Nah, she's way better as a heel. Nah, she's a bad face. Uh, uh, I've seen her magic as Allison. Fujimoto was good. Makoto was hot and good. Daisy Hayes was skinny and lazy. Um, Del Rey was hot and awesome. Um, and we got to see the Death Lake Driver, even though not as well as I've seen other times Nima Shimoda has hit it. And I'd love to see her and Toyota team up at Joshi Mania, but I think we're probably going to see Toyota versus Aja Kong. Which is going to be epic as fuck. That's yeah. going to be awesome. For I'm no sorry. reason. Oh. It'll be, no. no, it'll be epic for no reason. That means it'll be gloriously epic. <laughs> it's amazingly how bad Daisy lands. On that Deathlake driver. Because you know well, why? she's like 50 pounds. Because you know why? I can I can lift Daisy Hayes with my finger, break her with my dick, and then... Well, that's what was Claudio basically did. Oh, yeah, he just chokes uh, <laughs> night two. Yeah, Daisy Hayes got beat up. Stop, Randy, then. you're jumping the shark. Stop. Anyways... Shark jumping! All right, Nick, did you give your thoughts on this match? Um, Give me one quick second. To close a window. Windows. No windows, windows no close. Ah, ah, ah. Windows 98. Yep, anyway, so I'm trying to get everyone's, everyone right. I like Fujimoto. I like, you know, she's small. And none of these women have, none of the Joshi women have a ton of experience, really, except for Shimoda. So, you well, can kind of tell it. Is it well, isn't Mima Shimoda kind of like a freaking legend? She's kind of a legend. She's kind of a big deal. Yeah. She kind of teamed with Minami Toyota. Yeah. She's got a name. She's got a face. Yeah. But uh, you can kind of see the parts in the match where it gets kind of rough. When, you know, the language barriers and trying to get everyone to position. And then getting them to write, like. That stuff is kind of expected when you have people who don't speak the same language. But I definitely liked the fire I saw off Fujimoto. 
it was kind of a weird culture shock seeing Portia Perez work kind of a face, kind of a heel, but not really either of them. Just working? Like, she was just working. She didn't really like, because she wasn't doing like the trash talking and all that stuff, which is like uh, kind of corny, but kind of okay. Oh, yeah, she can trash talk with the best of them, as evidence from Card Subject I mean, to Change. From, I mean, card Subject to Change Network, what? Anyways, uh, nah, I mean, as it was reported, I mean, Portia Perez was like a total dick, as usual. You know, and Sarah is just mad because, you know, she ain't as pretty as uh, Makoto. Ah, ah, I, I, I thought Delray was in there. Delray was in there. She looked good with almost all of them. She was completely throwing around Fujimoto having her little wrestling stuff with Shimoda and shit talking with Portia is pretty it's always entertaining. But like I'll be honest, I mean from what I I mean from what I'm reading and I I don't know, I'm I wanna get it from you three. I mean there was a very bad lack of cohesion between the team. Well yeah. No, that's kinda why I was pointing out that it was kinda odd that it was basically two heels and a face per team. So it was like I'm I'm just wondering what's going on. I'm just wondering what's going on. Was the booking odd? Did Takara screw up the booking? It was It was what happens when you have a Japanese person with two Americans. And then the other side have two Japanese people with one American. Like, honestly, if you're one Canadian. One, they really should have made it, to me, if they wanted to do it right, they should have put Delray, Hayes, and Porsche on the team against Shimoda, Makoto, and Fujimoto. I think it would have worked a little bit more. Team Shimmer for King of Trios? What? What? I do. I, I thought Makoto was pretty good. I like her. Just, but she's kind of attractive in that not kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got her. She's hot in that Joshi way. All right. Anyway, and she's hot in the way like a Joshi is. All right. We gotta get to the next match. Tertius defeats Green Ant with a top rope splash. Turd sauce. <sighs> Turd sauce. Yeah. Right, Turd sauce. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Red, white, and blue ant. When I heard this, when I heard this, I threw a shit fit. Uh, oh, as did I. Because they did all of that, all of that, you know, getting like Luger, doing a whole bus tour. Mm-hmm. I'll be a hero, hero. Oh my God, he just killed him. Oh God. And then you know, Tarsus is like, I win. Like, yeah, true, that, but yeah. then again, let's not forget no, 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 that no, 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 when no. they Randy, did do Randy, the Lex Express. Randy, hold on, hold on. I wasn't finished. I think this was a bad booking decision by Chikara. Just based on all the and hype. Based on all the hype. From that aspect, did. yes, but it wasn't like... The match went the way that it would, should probably have went the entire time. That's a fair Like, Tercis is straight up dominated. And it was actually a good performance. It's like it. double shock because it's like this is the role that Tercis needs to be in in this straight beating the crap out of this kid. And but she got boot salt. Like yeah, he should just be just murdering him. And that's kind of what he did. He murdered him for the majority of the match. He got his comebacks in, but it basically went to the fact that Tercis is fucking like near three hundred plus pounds, and Green Ant is like one fifty soaking wet. Right, right. Of course, he's gonna get his shit broke. But <laughs> like, yeah, I think if they're gonna do, like, they should. 
I feel like they should have built up to him getting to Tursus instead of having him like mini feud with Tursus. Like have him run through like some members of the BDK or like and put over the fact that this guy might be able to like outpower Tursus. But so basically, they should have done what they're doing with Ultimus Black. Kind of. Yeah. Maybe. I'll agree on that. I mean, yeah, they should have done what they did. They should have done with Green Ant what they're doing with Ultramantis Black. But, I mean, they told Well, that's the thing with Ultramantis Black thing. Sorry to cut you off there. It's the big thing with the Spectral Envoy is the fact that he's atoning for his pack's sins. Right. Which is the BDK being one of the main ones, Delirious being the other one, which has kind of been to the wayside. Anyways, uh, Nick, let me get your thoughts on this match. I just gave him. Alright, Randy, let me get the thoughts on the match. Pretty good match. Uh, it's arguable that Green Ant could have gone over Tursus, but like I was trying to point out, uh, which I was cutting him off, but... My bet. Anyway, SummerSlam 93, when Lex Luger had the big show off with Yokozuna, I believe, yeah, Luger did get the victory, but it's like, kind of, I don't think Luger ever got that victory, victory over Yokozuna, except the body slam challenge. And yeah, also the fact that he got drunk and revealed the finish to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And that the Lex Express was flop, but. Buzz? <laughs> Like Luger's second rate Hulk Hogan, what? Damn, <laughs> but yeah, good match. Green Ant looked badass in his outfit. There's not much more I can say, yeah. Alright, Jason thoughts. Uh, solid match and I agree with you on the on the booking decision, I think that just like why you have all that hype for, for, for a bad outcome like that, but you know, Green Ant did look good, I mean it, and and the one thing I didn't like is that it took uh, interference by Jacob Hammermeyer to put him down for the top of the flash by Turris. So it's not like Turris completely beat him clean. He had to help perform his BDK running mate to actually get the win. So, I mean, that could also set up future you know, matches between Green and Hammermeyer. And then you can maybe get another match with uh, Turris later down in the road and get his victory back. I mean, you never know. But... I think with this match, I think maybe... I'm not saying Green Ant should cleanly beat Taurus, but maybe do like a flash pin. As we will see in, when we review Night 2, where a flash pin does work. But that's really all my thoughts for that. Alrighty! 12 Large Summit Match 8. Back and forth defeats Claudio Castagnoli with the overly, simply, convoluted Chikara Special. Jason, this is your turn. Jason! Jason! Uh, um, Jason! Main event. <laughs> event of Quack and Quality. It was really good. I think it's the best match on the show. That finishing stretch was amazing where uh, Quality was going to go for the pop-up European uppercut and <laughs> Quack and Bush just lands on his chest, does a backflip, and about 10 seconds later puts him on the uh, Chikara special and gets the win. I really like the Chikara special. It's the first time I've ever seen that 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 move being applied by anybody in Chikara, um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Claudio and Quack were really well together, and Claudio is almost right now on his farewell tour of the Indies, and it was almost like he's eventually be going to the uh, WB soon. He's finished up all his uh, indie, indie commitments, first with PWG, now here with Chikara, and then um, down the road with the Ring of Honor. So, 
very good main event between these two, and I'm like I said, my opinion, the best match on the show. Uh, Nick, Nick, your thoughts? Yes, it is Claudio and oh, my bad, Nick, my bad. <laughs> yeah, see Claudio and Quack had a match at a Ted City Invitational a couple years ago in IWA. Everything that you see now is essentially everything built off that match. So a lot of the cool stuff that they did, the stuff that's like, I've seen it. Like the whole quack landing on Claudio's chest and doing the backflip. He's done that spot like almost every time they've had a match against each other. Yeah, like, there's usually a Hurricane Rana spot. Like they've done that spot. And it's still impressive. It's always freaking impressive to see. Because quack's not a small guy. No, he's not. <laughs> it's, it's the, he's, a lean, he's a lean guy, but he's not small. He's, he's about 200. He's not... Like, he's, around there. he's not a small dude. He's, he's he's up there in terms of height. So the CV2 kind of flipped around and do this stuff is pretty crazy. The ending was freaking brain-exploding awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just how can we impress people again? <clears throat> so let's just have the craziest counter into one of the craziest moves ever, so... That's pretty cool. <laughs> and I guess put over Quack, then you put over this person the next night, and then you go to the WWE, and then yeah, you lose to John right. Cena. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, John Cena what? I was like, what? Well, where did the prototype. Cena, like, where did John Cena come up in this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god Randy well, your thoughts on the match the Have good matches Than John Cena. <laughs> Randy your thoughts on the match though The man uh, match This is really good Quack and Castagnoli they I'm get, still like, mad at that they, picture They usually have uh, Good matches and they built upon The fact that there's always This spot and that and Like I mentioned before the world liner spot From I think it was a Ted Petty match which is probably one of the best finishes ever in wrestling history. And yeah, match, Claudio's on his way out. Aries, yeah, the BDK's kind of in trouble because Aries, like, never shows up. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. And on to, well, yeah, we got through everybody, so yeah, night two. We're on night two from the East CW Arena, now dubbed the Asylum Arena in Philadelphia. Because nobody gives a uh, we get the first match. <laughs> arena. That's all we need to say. You know, we start. We, we start the first, off the oh, ice. Yeah, I was going to do that. I was going to do that. Lead you guys off, boy. Whoa! Because uh, hello, you know, I have to be the I have to be the navigator. This is my nickname. God, the ship. Anyways. <laughs> 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 See, okay, and, ahead, and, and, this, and this is why I create compelling television. Um, even though this is television. Radio. <laughs> even though this is radio. Compelling? What? I don't see what you did there. Because you can't see what I did there. Ooh. And now I saw what you did there. You called the lady you nephew is awesome. Beth Phoenix is still the worst promo cutter in the history of pro wrestling. wrestling. Anyway, Tsukasa Fujimoto defeats Makoto with the Venus shoot. A dive. Why, why the fuck is a diving into Guri a finishing move? <laughs> it was a diving into Guri. Deal with it. 
I mean, if, I mean, I'll tell you, if Alberto Del Rio was doing it, it wouldn't be a finish here. I'm just saying. Oh, no, deal with it. You I'm, deal. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just trying to be a dick, and it's not working. Just wake up and deal with it. Uh, oh, 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 wait. Oh, the Venus shoot. That's a hot move right there. I like that move. Anyways, Jason, your thoughts on this? This is a pretty good opening contest, dubbed the Ice Ribbon Showcase. Um, this is Ice Ribbon. I've never heard of this Ice Ribbon. <laughs> Neither have I, but what, it's just, it, it's what they called it. Let's go with it. But, um, these two... <laughs> just, there is no Ice Ribbon. This is just a fucking made-up name. <laughs> Mike and Bush might as well just do Ice Ribbon USA. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Gate is so successful. <laughs> well, then again, that's Gabe running it I mean, and Gabe. Again, Dragon Gate that's did dope. play in Times, did do their thing in, di- in Times Square, but it was at BB King's and nobody gave a shit. We went, <laughs> we <laughs> went for the barbecue. Was so shitty we on that paper. We went for the barbecue. That's what I did. Oh, oh. It's oh. Like it's not from Abdullah the Butcher's house of ribs. Oh, oh. I heard that place is kind of shitty. <laughs> what for <laughs> the? Hey, these ribs taste like hepatitis. Ooh. What? Ah, shoots. <laughs> shoots. Yeah, legitimately. You know, you know, I think Randy just basically confirmed himself in this particular episode of the IWR as the as a cult of personality. Therefore, during the description of this match, we will play that song in the background because it's funny. <laughs> 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 Go ahead. All right, but anyway, Fujimo and Makoto had a pretty decent match. Makoto had a real swank uh, double underhook suplex with a bridge that I really enjoyed. And in the end, Fujimo puts her away uh, that running Siguri off the ropes and um, gets the pinfall. Um, pretty decent opener. Randy, your thoughts? Yeah, not much more can be said other than it was a decent opener. I grew up in USA. That's not the one. Yeah, Kokoban is also on commentary. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He <laughs> brought up CM Punk. <laughs> uh, I bring up CM Punk and you totally forget about Kokoban, really? Yeah, Kokoban. Well, because awesome. CM Punk and Chikara has a bit of a checkered history, just as CP Monk. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, it just felt like Colt was like commentating, but not trying to be like a creeper at the same time. He's like, these women, these chicks are real flexible. <laughs> like, whoa, Colt, what's going on over there? Don't you have a girlfriend or something? Oh. He's, like, trying to be professional. It's it's weird trying to see, like, Colt trying to be professional with, like, Quack, who is super professional. Like, real proper when he commentates. And you have Colt, who's a very kind of laid-back person. So it's so, kind of weird. Well, Quack is professional unless he's talking about Skyda. Yeah. So, basically, so basically Colt Cabana... He taught me all these moves. He taught me all this stuff, but then he tried to screw me over, so I won't mention him, but diss him at the same time. <laughs> it was a good fun opener, and and I guess this is like a preview of Joshi Mania. Oh my God, I can deal with it. Is it when is Joshi Mania going to be starting? December. And it's in December. So that when Chikar presents Agakon versus Manami Toyota. It's <laughs> the end of the fucking world. So, so basically, I have to go down to Pennsylvania for that. I mean, I mean, it's worth it. I get to see Mr. V. Okay. Well, it's not, definitely it's not worth the trip. <laughs> it's not definitely worth it. 
It's in Philly. And that ECW, AC, CZW, whatever whatever they call it this week. <laughs> the arena that used to house the company, da 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 da. <laughs> whatever company's ears calls it that arena. They just call it the Chikara Arena, just to get it over with. Yeah, because Chikara was <laughs> on the best event ever. Uh, nah, so she's gonna have blood. At least in that arena. Anyways, anyway, so we go to the second match. Archibald Peck with Veronica, who, by the way, mm. by the way, isn't that hot? Defeat Dasher Hatfield oh. with a reverse style. <laughs> oh, what? Nick, uh, you just posted a picture of Serena Deeb, did you not? Yeah. <laughs> You just well, posted a picture of Caitlyn and AJ April Jeanette. Did you not? Yes. Shut the fuck up. I made Ooh. my lethal. I made my point. Ooh. Well, you know what? Yeah, I still hit. <laughs> no, I still hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I still made my Jay point. Lethal's my nigga for that. He. he I still made my point. Jason, your thoughts on this Archibald Peck match? Um, remember what I said about Daisy Hayes needs to eat a sandwich and, and all that? Um, I think Archibald Pet needs to do the same thing. Does that dude as skinny as can be? That's and makes him awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's like so awesome, like not awesome that you can't. Dude is like, if you were to talk about facial expressions, he has like. Yeah, he has great facial Like fucking cartoon face, facial expressions. I mean, I, for those of you who don't know about Archibald Peck is, for Ring of Honor fans, he is Barrister R.D. Evans in Ring of Honor as part of the embassy. But he actually wrestles in Chikara as Archibald Peck. It's like kind of like a... Um, almost bizarro like a drum, world. Yeah, bizarro world, kind of like drum one type gimmick with a baton. And, and I don't know. a hot chick who used to be on the ring crew. <laughs> she He's was. If you see, he, uh, if you see like the videos when uh, Gavin Loudspeaker would do the guitar, that's her holding the microphone. Really? I shit you not. That's her. But uh, this was a decent match. I, if we're looking at the, all the matches on the show, I would say it's the worst match on the show. But um, still a decent match. I really do like Pet's finisher, the Unchained Mentally, which is pretty much a. Um, <laughs> you ever seen the Unchained Mentally? <laughs> Basically, it's a reverse styles class. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, the styles class is good moving on, you know. <laughs> crash Hall used it, yeah. Yeah, it's called the Crash Landing. Well, there was another Crash Landing. That horrible botch. Oh. That horrible botch gin tonic class styles. What the fuck is going on here? Oh, my man's a gin and tonic. <laughs> gin and tonic. <laughs> But, uh, Randy, your thoughts on this uh, match here? Uh, it was not much to expect because it's a peg match. Not that they're bad. It's just mostly comedy for the most part. Hell, always comedy for the <laughs> most part. And usually the match ends with Veronica, well, yeah, in this case, Veronica hitting Dasher with the baton, which led to Archibald hitting the reverse styles clash. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of anything else, so I just went with gibberish. But yeah, good match. Or, or, uh, good Nick match for what it was. Nick, your oh. thoughts? Oh, yeah. Veronica's still hot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Chikara, you, you, it's slim pickings. 
It's like Dave Serdore. <laughs> Let's see. You go with you have Sarah. Daisy, yes. No, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have Daisy. She's just invisible. Because it's she's like just Sarah and her yeah, and like all the Joshi. So are like kind of high, but not really high. You know Daisy Hayes. Madison. You know Daisy Hayes is like... Yeah, Imagine Eagles. She's like Kate freaking Moss. You know, a figment of your imagination. <laughs> Pretty much. When did Daisy start doing coke? Awesome. When Delirious became Rain of Honor Booker. She probably pushed. God, she's just. Oh, anyways. Fucking tiny. Like, what is going on? Let's just say this ship isn't an ROH, but Daisy Hayes is. Speaking of Miss I Need a Sandwich, Daisy Hayes defeats Mima Shimoda with a roll up? A Pat O'Connor roll up. A roll up. Yes. The O'Connor variety. Yes, the little tiny Daisy Hayes was able to roll up. Joshi Legend. Yeah, like I think <laughs> with a roll up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Remember when we said sometimes Chikara doesn't get everything right. Yeah. This would be the bad boys moment here for this show. It's not like she has like ineffective finishers. So, so the special envoy defeats Triolet. <laughs> well, other than um, oh yeah, and Eva Shimoda just actually brained the shit out of Daisy after the match with a chair. The special envoy defeats Triolet <laughs> with Ultramass's Black hitting a praying mantis bomb on El Generico. <laughs> We're just gonna just leapfrog over the entire match. Jason, let me get your thoughts on that match. Um, pretty decent match there between these guys. Um, not without some controversy as the BDK came in and got uh, got involved and ran some interference, allowing Black to get the win on Generico. Um, like I said, a pretty decent match. <laughs> Daisy's is fucking dead. <laughs> I'm also yeah. watching the show at the same time. <laughs> the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? What? Yeah, right. Fuck it. <laughs> what? Why are you feeling me? Stop playing. Now stop playing, Romstein. And then railing. But she takes the chair. And then <laughs> She threw that Sabu style at her. She did. She really what? Like, CJ, when you see this, you're going to be like, damn. <laughs> and then Daisy's just like, dead. <laughs> I wanted the blade job. I wanted the blade job, though. Oh, man. It wasn't a spike, though. Oh, man. I'm sitting here. about Jimmy Jacobs. No, 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 I'm sitting here crying right now. Man, this shit is amazing. <laughs> but anyway, so it was a decent trio match. Um, looks like they're a 3 versus BDK down the line. Um, and also, Ultimate Madness' wife now has some beef again with BDK because they basically got involved in this match even though he got the win. So he didn't get really a fair win over uh, 3.0 away. But, um, like I said, pretty decent match. Randy, your thoughts? Spectral Envoy, um, pretty good. Yeah, they've been doing pretty good. Their focus has kind of been cluttered, it seems, at some point because they had the feud with. Because there's still feuds they kind of have. Like, they still have Sin Bodhi and the Batiri that hasn't really finished up. 
then they're throwing in the BDK thing. Oh, which remember when? So remember when MVP had that match with Sin Bodhi and he no sells the finisher? Yeah. Who? 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 Against who? What? <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Banks. Like. Whoa! Whoa! What? That's really throwing a. That's throwback right there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a throwback there. Throwback. Yeah. Balling. Anyways, continue. So yeah, <laughs> gets the win here, and that's pretty much it. Bring Menace Bomb, Tiger Driver 98, always an awesome move, so yeah. I wonder why is it always called, why is it called the Tiger, Tiger Driver 98? Was there a 97? Because there's a 90. That was the year it was invented. Was there yeah. also a 97, a 96, a 95, a 94, a uh, 93? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Ask Masawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't oh, because he's dead. So I'm like, shit. Ask uh, Dave Meltzer. Oh, you can because he's a fucking retard. <laughs> Ask somebody in Noah who they... Anyways, uh, Nick, you <laughs> provided your thoughts on this match yet? Uh, Which one? The uh, Spectral Envoy because obviously there wasn't a match before that. Days against Brain, that was a match. <laughs> <laughs> that was an entire match for me. Like that was fucking amazing. But this one it was a uh, more good trio yeah, good trios action. It it seemed kind of like it felt kind of scattered because, you know, they do the comedy stuff and then it gets real serious, but there's kinda of like no rhyme or reason for it to really go that way. I mean that's kinda of how three point works in a way. So I guess yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense in that in that thing, but it just felt like eh. Everything it's just felt better than them playing the bad boy, so. Ah, actually, I actually did like the bad boys. Eh, I didn't like it so much because it's like, oh, we're this new team, but Icarus literally just outed them on commentary. <laughs> He's like, that's jagged, and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it made them revealing that they were 2.0, then upgraded to 3.0 even better. That is true. The only team to get a pinfall victory over Claudio Neres in a Campinato's match before they were defeated. It was, and then they worked the stuff with the beat. I'm guessing the Spectre Envoy is going to be the thing that killed the BDK because, it, God forbid, it not beat the Cibernetico or the, or the Summit. Or the King of Trios. Or anything ever sent, or the season finale last year, or... Yeah. All the things they lost, and Great Ant slamming Tursus, and... And yet, only the two only people who have left is Lindsay, because he no-showed, and Sarah. Lindsay Dorado? Lindsay Kingston's bitch. Anyways. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Gar Johnny Gargano and Converse All-Stars defeats Atlantis and Rey Mysterio by DK. I mean, Rey Bucanaro. <laughs> oh, they're not the same guy. <laughs> K.O. Raymo, um, Fight Night Round 3. Anyways. The Pirate King. Anyways, so, uh, no shit. <laughs> anyway, Jason, your thoughts? Um, this was a pretty decent match. Um, they teased 
first that Taylor and Daniel were going to face beer money, and then um, they said, oh, well, they didn't show up, so we have to do the old rule where if a team doesn't show up, we pull from the Chikara bag, and we, and the new team comes in, and um, they had picked that first. They did that one year that was... That yeah, that's always funny. the joke that it's there's always somebody in there who's not supposed to. There's it's always like it it takes about two or three tries till the actual team or person gets there. Well, let's be yeah. real. Do we really want Chikara to acknowledge TNA? Really? <laughs> and then they said it was uh, the, the next person they picked out was uh, Giant Bernard and Carl Anderson, and uh, they never showed up. And then they picked out Atlantis and Ray Bukanera, and we had our match. Um, pretty decent match. And uh, it was an after finish. I get why they did it. Kind of like almost a Supercard of Honor type booking there with uh, how they did this match with the DQ. But um, pretty decent match though, nonetheless. Randy, your thoughts? This match was it was pretty good seeing Ray Bucanero, aka Pirate King, uh, who's he's made appearances in TNA. He was at Kurt Russell <laughs> reunion this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. what the fuck comedy <laughs> did you just mention? You mentioned them earlier. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> the no, world, the Orlando, he was in the Orlando World X in 2008. You have been selected to take part in our anonymous survey. Please what? take our... Okay. <laughs> Ray Bucanero is a part of that ad just playing right now. Um, Taylor Gargano get the... They get the... Well, because it's a car uh, disqualification, they do a lot of Lucha Libre rules and uh, low blow or a foul, or I think it'd be false, but uh, it is grounds for a disqualification, which is very important here because it got Taylor Gargano three points. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty much for them to get three points and bring in some Mexicans, so. That's good. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, because the last time they tried to bring in some Mexicans, it didn't work out so well. Just ask why they don't do shit with Skyda no more. Oh. Bah. Ah, he held him down. Jason, I, I got your thoughts. I got yeah. your thoughts, Randy. Nick. Uh, this, this one. And then he did the <laughs> thing. They did the thing at the beginning of the match that with, with Garrett Sabato was not funny. <laughs> so it didn't work. Yeah, Darius is a boss horrible. Let me yeah, just, Bryce let me wasn't there that whole weekend. Let me just say that, um, that Sabato bullshit, I don't know what the hell he is, kind of guy, he sucks. He's like, a I don't, ref. He's, he's supposed to be like, he's like the dirty ref. The uh, Danny Davis, the El Tirantes, if anybody knows Lucha Libre, the, um... Earl Hebner. Yeah, there we go, Earl. <laughs> Anyways, we get a 12 large summit match. Eddie Kingston defeats Jigsaw with an arm track back drop driver. Who's your backer driver? Japan move. Gong Nick. Wrist clutch. I don't know. That metal <laughs> happened. That all happened. <laughs> Everything you just said happened. There was an arm, it got captured, there was a back drop driver. <laughs> and then Eddie Kingston's like, I don't lose matches. What are you talking about? Fuck you guys. Yeah, he <laughs> hasn't lost a singles match cleanly in a year. Oh, boy. It was oh, a good match, man. man. It was fun. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. That's all. Something, you know, 
Yeah, this was pretty good. Uh, a lot of finishers got kicked out of. What? Jigsaw throws. Ew, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Jigsaw throws super kicks. Whoa, whoa, like, wait, candy. wait, stop, stop. Finishers were kicked out of? This is it. Actually, they're kind of good with the finisher kickout ratio in uh, Chikara, unless you're a Fidian from time to time. Ooh. Then you hate finishers. No sell some. Well, uh, not no sell. He'll kick out of stuff that he shouldn't be kicking out. Yeah, it was like that horrible sliding D that Eddie's been doing now. Oh, yeah, the sliding D's been shit now. Well, when you're. Fat Puerto Rican like Eddie. Then is. again, no. then again, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, at least. He's like, no, I'm gonna kick you, Gangiri. I'll say, I'll tell you right now. At least Takara. The guy who had his leg like, I understand that like, they've been like killing the fact that Eddie's leg is getting murdered. He sure just Gangiri's jigsaw. Like, okay. All right, so basically, <laughs> at least, at least, at least, you know, Takara doesn't think of Mountain Dew and Cheetos. Well, that's <laughs> the next match. Glenn Beck for the win there. No, fuck Glenn Beck. Anyway. Wait, wait, that was a match? That was Bush and Johnny Saint versus Cabana and Johnny Kidd with Johnny Saint defeating Johnny Kidd. Yo, dog, you like long-ass matches? Ooh, this thing was long-ass I didn't this match. This only for 30 minutes. Wait, Nick, wait. She... As soon as I got to that part on the, on the video, I was like, nope. Scrub past that, and I'm gonna go get a sandwich. <laughs> oh, I didn't mind this match at all. This was pretty decent to me. I enjoyed all the all the work in this match by all four guys. I agree with Randy and Nick. It was probably kind of long, but you know, again, when when you're working that kind of style, they don't really worry about time. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, they... whoa, whoa, wait! I didn't even know there was this many Yoshi promotions. Yeah, yeah, Joshi Mania. I which... must start following. Anyways, uh, yeah, thoughts on these matches, boys? Um, well, yeah, pretty much the match went long. Like, this was getting into unstable cold front territory for a minute. Territory you do not want to get into. (laughs) It's been the last time Saint had a match back in Philadelphia at King of Trials Night 2. The main event of that went well over 30 minutes. Yeah, but they had other guys to like speed it up. And the thing that was interesting, yeah, because that was one thing that was interesting. They did all British stuff for the most part, or just map based. Where like in the King of Trios Night Two match, it was like Sane and Taylor would do, or Sane and whoever would do the British stuff, and then the rest would wrestle as normal. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's still a good match, a bit lengthy, but yeah. If you want to watch it, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. All right, so this is basically it, right? For the- now we have one more match now. We no, have one more match. The match of the weekend. I'm talking about for that match. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, 12 Lars Summit, the queen of wrestling takes on one half of the king of re- kings of wrestling. Saturday Ray versus Claudia Cassidy. Saturday Ray defeating Cassidy with a roll-up. What? Yes. Flash, flash pins. They work. No. And this match they don't. ruled. This match 
This is awesome. This is my Maker's Way. I'm going to watch it again, like right now, and then it might be Match of the Year worthy. It probably won't be a match of the year. I think it deserves to get on the ballot. It, to me, besides Walman and Generico, it's the independent wrestling match of the year so far. Ah, but um, I guess I'll go first since I'm already talking. Mm-hmm. It, rarely in indie matches do the storylines really affect the, like how you really feel about it. Because it's like, yeah, BDK, this big heel group, big heel stable, has been going on for so long, and they needed just something to go like, okay, how do we start to end this ankle? And this was kind of the beginning of the end of the BDK. And, and, it, and everything that happened made sense, and it, it, and it, and it helped. You have Sarah Del Rey, who is not getting booed. They're not going to boo her. They refused to boo Sarah Del Rey, so you had to turn her face. Daisy Hayes is not a great heel. You need, she needs to be a baby face. You put her in there with Claudio, who can get heat like no one else. You put him in there with the crooked referee like Sabato, who has to play straight because of the whole other thing with all those other people who I don't give a shit about. <laughs> so, it, and it works because they play to their strengths, like Claudio basically being able to out overpower Sarah, and Sarah just basically being the plucky fighter and just hanging in there. Because, like, like every time I see Sarah Deray, She's a heel. She's a heel in Ring of Honor, heel in Shimmer, heel here. But she doesn't wrestle like a heel. She wrestles kind of like a baby face. And so to see her kind of embrace the baby Nick in the crowd and all her comebacks, it's good. It's stuff that you don't see that often. And it's stuff that you don't see in this company with a woman going against a man and actually believing that the woman can beat the man when the woman's not freaking awesome Kong or something. And the man is like the biggest dude you have on, at least one of the top five big du- biggest guys you have on that roster. Yeah, they both, and then they both kept strong. And I, you know what? I probably would want to see a rematch. I think it's I good to warrant a rematch. I don't think either because they're both going to be in the WWE by a year from now, but. Mm. Yeah, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> that was very Gene Snitsky. K-O-W-W-E. <laughs> uh, no, not really. Sorry. But Go this on. match this match was just really good. Um, Sarah Del Rey, I mean, good lord. Was she, was she just awesome as a baby face in peril? I mean, she made, she ate, made that crowd become so sympathetic towards her. They forget basically everything that happened with her as part of the BDK, and they just booed a crap out of Claudio. And, I mean, he got over really well as a heel in this. Just, you know, just being just this douchebag, and, you know, the the stripes that he used in, in, in his offense. I mean, and then her combat stuff, especially the armbar spot towards the end, where that crowd was amped for it, that they thought they were going to see a submission. And then when she got that roll-up pinfall after Claudio pulled her up twice after hitting the Ricola bomb and um, I'm trying to think what was the other movie hit. I think he had a big big lariat. And um, the crucifix roll-up, I mean, that got a huge reaction. I think that was the loudest reaction of the whole weekend. And that just shows how good they did in this match. I mean, the post-match of Claudio getting his heat back by attacking both Sarah and Daisy basically 
pretty much kicks him out of the BDK going forward. Claudio Choke gets slam him. that hoe. Yeah, choke slam him basically using no muscle mass at all. And getting Claudio back over as a, a top heel in Chikara along with Torres. I mean, he really didn't do a whole lot in the match, be on the uh, the outside. I mean, he got taken out by Sarah Del Rey off uh, an apron senton, but other than that, he wasn't really a factor in the post-match. But um, this was just a great match. I think it is match of the year worthy. I think it's the second best indie match out there this year besides Shawn Wallman and El Generico, which, <laughs> who would have guessed? It's from Chikara. But, um, I mean, just a great match. Randy, your thoughts? Yeah, this match was really good. This has a lot of... One thing with Chikara, especially the Chikara special storyline, a lot of stuff is you can see where the action went in. Because I've told X, I've told a lot of people that, yes, Sarah's going to be... Sarah, well, it looks like Sarah and Daisy, but Sarah and Daisy are going to be gone from the BDK. Because this stems... This kind of stems from the reason they joined the BDK was the fact that they wanted to be respected more. That's the reason they turned on Chikara was to had that respect be treated like equals, so to say. And then they had three points, and then they were talking about how we were going to challenge for the title, but Claudio's like, no, you have to defend the titles. Or not defend the titles, defend it against... So they, uh, some people went to challenge for Claudio and Aries. And then Mike Quackenbush and Jigsaw get three points in one match, which is, like, unheard of till now. And then they get the title, then... And then the whole 12, uh, 12 large summit, and then you heard, like, Tim Don shit-talking Sarah on some stuff. It's just all built up to what happened on night two in that main event. And it was a good payoff for it, even though there's probably a little more you could probably do with it, depending on Claudio's availability. But, yeah, good match. I wouldn't put it as my match of the year, but pretty good in all the surroundings possible. All right, Nick, your thoughts? Nick gave his thoughts already. Jason, did you give your thoughts yet? Yeah, I did. Yeah. All right, let me give you my thoughts on this. Um, going forward, Claudio Castagnoli with the looming possibility that he's going to the WWE. This storyline is in big trouble. If they yeah. don't find an effective way to end this quick, before Claudio gets signed by WWE, if that is even a possibility, this storyline could be in trouble. Yeah, I, I do. I can see your point on that. There. Um, I mean, well, they normally let them. They normally let them finish up their booking. Yeah, but because he's still because Claudio's doing battle in Los Angeles this month. For them to really to really blow this off, would be they would have to do something at the high noon internet pay per view, which is going to be their first show on internet pay per view, and that's not all the way in November. Right. That'd be kind. Uh, I don't know if they would let him go that far in terms of any commitments. Well, and, uh, what's, what are you really rushing him to? I mean, uh, well, because Danielson got signed, but he only stayed a month on the independence before he went into FCW. That's the point. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, that, it, 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 was it, it as entrenched in most storylines as Claudio is at they this don't point? Care, but the, 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 uh, and this is even I like the WWE well, really, really cares. They don't yes, care. Yes, if you want to keep those professional relationships. Yeah, some are a punk and James Gibson are kind of two examples again, of that. Again, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It depends on the person, and it depends on how big a name they are. Claudio Castanelli is a big name. 
they might keep him on the road in the indie scene to complete at least the Chikara stuff. That's really it. I mean, you could probably, I mean, outside of some King Kings of Wrestling stuff for Ring of Honor. If they get something that much, I mean, PWG, their, their season's almost done. In fact, it's pretty much done next month. Yeah, to me, and Takara and Takara season and season end in November, December. Yeah, to me, if if, they're, if he's only having his last booking, it's not going to be for Ring of Honor. So I'm probably for Takara, as I think if he gets signed, let's say this month, I think his last show for Ring of Honor will be uh, Death Before Dishonor Nine. Right. Like, which is weird because not not only like somebody from that is involved with Ring of Honor doesn't usually have their last booking with someone offered in Ring of Honor, but. Yeah. It's almost like to me the rare case of Cla- it's Claudio. That's what looks like Claudio caught the feel on Sarah off that crossbody. <laughs> he got it dead. He was in there. Oh, it's in there. He was in there. Oh, it's in there. It's either him or Hero. Oh, and then we oh, might oh, talk oh, about oh. Danielson. Oh, it's in there. Oh, my God. But, but to be honest, but to be honest, this is, this is, that's the thing about Claudio. That's the thing about Claudio Castagnoli. You're looking at and Chris Hero that you're looking at, you know. And even if they do, the WWE just does decide to act on signing Sarah Deray. That's another issue that you're looking at. They have yeah. all these. See, Sarah Deray is lucky because she doesn't really do much outside of Ring of Honor, Shimmer, and Chicago. Yeah, she doesn't do. Yeah, she doesn't go really go to any of Randy's. She basically stays in the North. Actually, she does. I can't name any really off the top. I know she's she if travels. You, if you can't name it off the top, it's not important. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Okay, ACW just took. I believe she did. <laughs> if you can't name it off the top, it's not important. <laughs> you see, the thing is, yeah, I mean, the WWE, they're not stupid. I mean, they they are respectful to you guys. You're like, if you have commitments, finish them up, and then. Like, for FCW. I mean, yeah. I mean, even Dan. I mean, like you know, when Danielson got fired, he he got commitments immediately. The thing is, the WWE was looking to hire him back in the first place. He got commitments. It was, you know, so, he, was still, he was still on the roster. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck what you say. He was still on the roster. WWE was just working relationships with um with these companies. Yeah, Chikara and WWE have been working side by side. Chikara. I wouldn't be surprised. I really invasion storyline. I wouldn't be surprised if um Quacking Boys gets a roster spot on WWE. Ah, oh, that, that would be nice. that would be so wrong. Wild deserved to have a roster spot for a long time. Yeah, but he's kind well, of he kind of owns his own promotion. promotion. <laughs> and, then Quack, and then Quack also said no several times, so it was like, yeah. <laughs> so you should just show up and be all like, Chikara special on everyone. Yeah, but to be honest, and driver here. Alright, to be honest, let's take, a, let's, take a look, let's take a look at Claudio again. Let's take a look at Claudio, let's take a look at Hero. Let's take a look at these big superstars that go everywhere, like people who make six, seven figures on the indie scenes, like Coke Cabana. You know... I don't know if he made six, seven figures on the indie scene, but I mean, it's possible. Hey, Especially if you go to Japan. I mean, like Danielson made like six. Yeah, Danielson made six figures. Punk can make punk. Can I think I think Cabana made six figures, but not just with the wrestling. I think with all the stuff, all the times he hopped merchandise and whatnot, and I think he does get a pretty decent um, paycheck coming in from high spots and doing the R wrestling podcast. Like, no, nah, I'll be honest. You take a look at you take a look at Danielson. I mean, if Punk decided to go back, he can make seven figures on the indie scene. Yeah, but 
everybody's going to want Punk. He had that chance, too, and... Punk was like, I'm happy with the WWE. I'll yeah. Because he would have made that amount of money. He would have. No doubt. Well, I He'll just go to Japan. That's where the money's at for the most part. Not really. MVP doesn't... I, you know MVP don't make that damn much in Japan. He doesn't make that much, but he makes a pretty decent amount, I would say. I was There's a reason you don't see Kitty Omega in ROH. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Japan but, apparently Nick, has a mm, ass right to the face. But Nick, your thoughts on um, your thoughts on this whole thing about the um, the whole BDK storyline being in potential trouble? Uh, dude, the storyline's been in trouble. It should have been done a long time ago. That's not the problem with Scarlet. They will drag the storyline all the way the fuck out. I mean, if, I mean, if they can get, I mean, if they can, I mean, listen, look with Chikara. Chikara has such a schedule. Where they can actually finish the storyline within three months and be fine. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, I mean, if you have Claudio leave, he goes, and just comes out and goes, you know, it's over, it's done, I'm gone. I'm leaving Shakara forever. Or just have him lose like a loser leaves Shakara match for against Eddie. Yeah, which would be, which is probably, yeah, the best way to just end it, considering Eddie. Who knows, bring back Chris Hero all of a sudden. Oh, jeez. And just end it by that. I mean, they can straight up hard stop. And they just do Eddie Chris part 3000. I mean, I would do Chris Hero. I would do Chris Hero versus... I would, I would, if I wanted to continue to BDK, I mean, if I wanted to continue to BDK, I'd bring in somebody else. Obviously, someone someone else that, that has that Claudio Castagnoli swagger. Well, that's the thing. You kind, They kind of have to have connections to it because it's all connects in one way or another. Hero like, I would do. I would do somebody like a... I would do somebody like a freaking Kenny King doing running that shit. No, he thinks never wrestled in Chikara, and it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't I think work. it's a bit complicated to where you kind of had to put people in that would make sense. Like Vin Gerard, uh, nah, would I would, put, I would try. I would try. To, I would try my hand and going to going to Ring of Honor and being all like, "Hey, you know, how about this? How about that? You know, let's try Kenny King in that role. Let's try new leaders in the role as it goes on." Until everybody gets fed up and decides to leave. I understand that, but that's the thing. You kind of can't do that because they've all been connected together because of one thing. You're not Pink listening, for... boy. <laughs> You're not listening. It doesn't work, okay? You cannot so that's the thing. You can't just put in Kitty King like that. No, I'm, doing, I'm, using, I'm using an example to break up the whole thing, to break up the video. Oh, I think you just have Eddie. I think you just have Claudio lose 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 to start a match. I mean that's a, that's a, that's a, that's the most puzzle. I'm it's not simple, it's easy, it makes sense. They have a feud. You kind of end it right there. I mean, well, Aries rarely shows up. Yeah, but yeah, but who is it gonna? Is gonna be Eddie? It would realistically be a logical choice. <laughs> I would do Sarah again. Yeah, I, I mean, I see you can kind of cut the Claudio Sarah thing from there and just finish up with Eddie. No, I can do Claudio. I would can see Claudio Sarah give Claudio a victory over Sarah. And then, you know, do that as a rubber match. See, I would, yes, I would do that as a September show over August 28th as part of the Young Lions Club. Have that as a uh, match. Yeah, because you know we're not going to have to... I mean, the return of Lusalina... is already booked, so... That's the thing. Also, one, night one. Is she on night one or night two? She's booked on night... One? Okay, on night two. For the Young Lions Cup, the twenty. And night two is Claudio Casadelli versus Icarus. Yeah. Yeah, Sour Derek. Now, well, uh, we'll just, just injury angle Icarus and then just do that match. 
No, I think Eddie, Claudio Eddie would be the better choice, especially considering the fact that the last time they met, they kind of didn't really end it and I left mean, open that there was going to be question. something else. But I have a real quick question. What the hell is the countdown showdown again? It's a Royal Rumble. Okay. Simple as that. Small but mighty. But I'm still kind of mad that September 18th in New York City, fucking Young Park. <laughs> Order yourself the caution, Thundercats. <laughs> then get then again, X live with your Reseda, and the Young Thunder, Bucks go there every fucking Thunder, show. Thundercats, oh, Young Bucks, the Bucks who are young. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I wanted to talk about something that kind of matters. Have large. I wanted to talk about something that kind of matters um, in the realm of independent wrestling because it kind of trickles down. It kind of trickles down from the WWE. Uh, this whole thing about the give Divas a chance thing. I want to talk. It's about a work. It. It's a work. <laughs> it's all work. <laughs> No, I seriously want to discuss this. I want to seriously discuss this. I can make jokes too, Nick, but I seriously want to discuss this. It's the war of women don't have rights. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nick's sign for saying he doesn't want to discuss this. Nah, let's do it. Let's do it. We're here. Anyway, so, uh, the owner... See, it was called... It started with the releases last Friday night for the WWE of, um, of a few WWE superstars... Let's see, Vladimir Kozlov, Chris Masters, Harry Smith. Because you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about either. And um, Melina Perez, the real life girlfriend of John Morrison and the sister of FCW diva Maxine. Yes. Actually, know. she isn't. What? Nah, they just have the same last name. I mean, they look the same. But then again, all Spanish people look the same. Ooh. Ah. I don't know. I don't know. Good thing I didn't. Good thing I didn't type that in my Bleacher Report audition. Um, yeah. Oh. Anyways. Yeah, it was pretty much. Yeah, the Russian, the Black Hole of Charisma, the Ho, the Asian, and the dude who. Man, the Asian man, the Asian said she quit, but she's getting held out for money. Anyway, she's held down by Robert Irvine. Anyways, they're making me they're making me finish my commitments and pay me money to wrestle. Ah. I'll bake top Anyways, shit. anyways, so we're taking a look at this, and while the other three, while the three superstars that got released was all like whatever, you know, I got released. You know, Chris Masters decided to make it a, 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 a certain joke about a certain company. Um. Melina was the one who decided to take to Twitter and the podcasting and all that nonsense and make a call to arms, say, Your voices should be heard. Tell the WWE this is not cool. You know what is it cool, Melina? Fucking Batista while you're with John Morrison. But you did that a bunch of times now, didn't you, Pope? Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) You know what's also not cool? Being fucking devoid of charisma. Beth Phoenix? Well, she's banging Tonk. She's banging. Elena? All of them? She's banging. Anyways, anyways, anyways. She's banging everyone. Yeah. Anyway. John Morrison's dad hits it every night. Tonk. Anyways. Oh, never mind. Zachary's dad. 
anyways, um, <laughs> watching your finisher, she's fucking somebody else. Stop, stop, stop. Okay, boys. Okay, boys. That's enough of that for now. For now, at least for now. Anyway, so Melina says, you know, let the voice be heard. Boom. The webmaster of the website Melina Unlimited. It's a fan site, you know, because because you know fan sites exist. They decided. Yes, they do. They decided to create a, a petition on Twitter as known as a petition called Give the WWE Divas a Chance. Let me pull this up so I can laugh at the mission statement. Because, you know, I'm kind of disappointed John Cena for, you know, signing this thing because, you know, like, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, fuck it. WWE management has done nothing but treat the WWE Divas with disrespect over the past few months. <laughs> disrespect. Maybe the past few years, but... <laughs> Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Us fans feel as if we've been duped with 60-second matches that are rushed for various reasons, because TV. Um, quite simply, we have had enough. This is a message to WWE that there is an audience for the Divas division. Wait, wait, wait. There is? No, no, wait, let me finish. I've never, never heard of this audience. Audi? Audi? Audi the car? What? Audi games store? The Audi car, the Ant. Old Oldsmobile? What? The grocery store? And to treat... All women in the company with the respect they deserve. WWE talent, yeah. talent such as CM Punk, only because he's fucking um, Beth Phoenix, and um, Bret Hart has spoken out about the state of the Divas division, and now we're going to do what we can to show that we care. Ah. Well, like Bret Hart cared about the Divas division, he was busy having sunny days. Oh, I see what you did there. Or, or hanging out with an Asian. Well, let's take a look at this. Well, let's take uh, a look. Well, they be shaking people's hands and finish the check out. Knock out. All right, all right, all right. So let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. So the WWE has been treating the divas with disrespect. Um, yeah, they've been treating the bad ones with disrespect. Maurice consistently booked. Lego was consistently booked. Karma is fucking booked like a monster, but she got pregnant. It's an angle that's real. Uh, and angle, you know, you know, they're booking Beth Phoenix, they're booking Kelly Kelly, they're booking Eve, they're booking the Bella Twins. Uh, Eve's consistently booked. Bella Twins AJ and Caitlyn. AJ and Caitlyn have been booked ever since they debuted. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think let's. let's I think the idea that. When the divas come out, you have like Cole shitting on them on, on on commentary, which I made is bad. It's not good for the division. It's on everybody. So what is, yeah, what is well, funny. he's not good for anything. But um. but it's funny. <laughs> well, it's still funny to hear Michael Cole sitting on women because he, it's not like he gets any. Oh, he's too busy being married. That's true. That's true. And, and no, it's not funny because Michael Cole is fucking annoying. But that's <laughs> another story for another night and another podcast on another network. But, um, you know, they don't, you know, people think about, oh, the Divas don't work like they used to. You look at, you know, you look in the 90s and early 2000s. On Raw, the Divas matches were the same thing, five-minute long matches. It's not even that. It's not even that. Let's take a look at the Divas division in general from, like, in from almost inception. You know, from 1985 to about 1990, that division was popping. That was the one big boom because of the rock and wrestling, rock and wrestling thing. What ended up happening in 1990? That title got deactivated. In 1994, about a good, I think, six months. 
Yo, jumping bomb angel? <laughs> they going went to Japan? Yeah, I'm taking a look at it right now. I'm taking a look at it right now. After Rock and Robin got stripped in 1990, that title got deactivated. That was the first deactivation of that title. In December, in December of 1990. It wasn't until... In February of 1990, excuse me, it wasn't until December of 1993 till that title came back, and then and then it got deactivated again. And then Big Tits had to go on fucking WCW. Nitro and drop a And literally two years after that, two years after that title came back, it was deactivated again. So basically, in about five years, in about six years, it was deactivated two times. Yeah, you don't keep. Yeah, not, not keeping a getting people interested in the division. Like, that's the problem. Like in the WWE, the divas were never. They're not draws. They, they were, don't draw they, they people. Were draws. They, they were they, draws. You can say you not, can, you can honestly not. say Wendy Richter was a draw. Wendy well, Richter, Wendy Richter. Unless you're gonna dust off Wendy Richter and bring her back. You can't do that. I mean, Wendy well, yeah, because they kind of fucked her over. Wendy Richter was a huge draw in nineteen. Well, yes, because they strapped her with Cindy Lauper. But that was ni- also that was nineteen eighty five. They also that was like the whole, like the rock and wrestling and MTV. They put a lot of promotion. Behind yeah, the minute Rick- she got with Cindy Lauper was, I think, when she won the title from Moolah. Yeah, not too long afterwards. So she got popular, but the WWE also strapped the rocket to her back. And shot her up there. Yeah, you. Uh, and they kind of did that. I mean, look at WrestleMania. Like they put their best diva act in Laycool, and they put him in there with Snooki. They had her with Snooki, who was another person who got them a ton of publicity, a ton of eyes and ears, and watch WrestleMania. Oh, the Rock did it all, but you know. No, Snooki did a little bit too. You look at, and the funny thing is, they talk about the WWE divas. I've been treated with disrespect. Let's take a look at SmackDown. The SmackDown immediately after the Rumble, where I don't know three freaking divas main evented SmackDown. What? Divas main event SmackDown. They main That's partially kind of. They main evented SmackDown where okay. Kelly Kelly successfully defended the World Heavyweight Championship. I mean. Yeah, and the ones who are pissed about it are the ones who aren't good. Like Melina is kind of you know. And they also like because this this I think a lot of people in our position who look at the divas completely either write them off or wish for the for the years when they were actually mattered. But then you look back and you realize they never really mattered because they always worked short matches. Because look at your this whole like mythical like they used to work fifteen minute matches was almost never like it was like WrestleMania, and SummerSlam, a Rumble match here and there, but and that maybe, was it. And maybe, they all worked. And maybe that Monday Night Raw match with Lita and Victoria working a cage match. That, and Lita and that Trish, that main event at Raw. That was, that was a rare one. Like, these are rarities. Like, more often than not, they're brought in uh, either to cool the crowd down after uh, something big happened or something, like, coming back from, like, an intermission or something. That or if you have to take, match. That is, they feel you have to use the bathroom. I mean, like, to be honest, the best exposure for them to at least get exposure because... Like, yeah, half the people were either like, oh, the Divas need this, or piss break. That's pretty much, and it's like, 
oh, I want to see more from the Divas, but you just shit on it when you hear anything Divas half the time. It's like, like oh, they can't wrestle. But to be fair, but to be fair, you take a look at your, you look at take a look at some of the greatest examples where everybody like jizzes all over them, and it was all and it was all like, okay, let's take a look at Shastrat. Let's take a look at the fabulous Moolah, who was in fact a WWE Women's Champion, the most famous Divas. She was a valet. You take a look at Miss Elizabeth, valet. Um, uh, who else? Sunny, valet. You take a look at Trish Stratus, first third of her career, valet. Horrible wrestler then, but then that usually happens. You, know, you get trained, and then either yeah. you get trained really good, and you become good, or you don't, you get trained, and you get bad. And that's a lot of the problem with the Divas now. There's right. Finley training, and then there's whoever else does the There's Finley training, and then there was Jillian training, and then there's Joey Mercury training. And Norman Smiley is overall now training. Norman Smiley. And, and, like, Goldust is, like, writing for them. And even he even had, like, a smarmy comment that made a lot of sense. He's like, well, who, like, give people a chance, and he's like, they do every week. You look at it, and we brought this up on, like, the Velvet Room, Diva's most consistently booked thing on the roster. You know, Most you consistently know, booked. They are booked literally every week. Every Raw, every SmackDown, there's at least one Divas match. Is it always a tag? All, the tag champions don't get booked every week. The WWE champion doesn't get booked in a match every week. Intercontinental champion doesn't get booked in a match every week. Whatever other champion doesn't get booked every match every week. But there the isn't a tag is match every week. Like, but there's always a Divas match. They're always putting on a Divas match. And the every women's week. champion is almost always involved. And the women's champion is, is the women's champ. The divas championship is almost defended every pay per view. And here's the thing. And here's the thing too. You take a look. You take a look at it, and every you take a look at it. And it's funny. It's funny how a lot of people are saying yes. I mean, I mean Kelly Kelly was booked as the women's champion was booked more consistently than than say Chris Masters was, than Vladimir Kozlov was, than Santino was. You can even go forth and say in the period of time where John Cena and Kelly Kelly were both champions concurrently, Kelly Kelly was booked more than John Cena. Oh, Cena had more time, I think, in terms of, like, they're putting, like, this is, it's, like, here's the thing, the shitty demons get pissed because they get released and they think they're this awesome wrestler and they're not. Melina isn't, Melina sucks. Gail Kim was just a face, just a person. She wasn't there. And, like, all the other ones get so mad, but then they, they think that it's going to be different in all these other places. It's not different in TNA. I think it's worse than TNA. But, Kel, you might get, no, you might get that honest, exposure, but honest, you're going to get paid shit. To be honest, in TNA, I mean, there was a time, there was a point in You time. might not get paid. You don't get paid if you're booked. At least in WWE, true. if you're not even booked, you get paid. No, his thing is here. His thing. His thing. You look at, you look at, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you look at TNA. There's a point in time where the, the women were actually getting played. And, you know, they they weren't all that bad. Oh, because they had Awesome Kong. That's true. Yeah, and the Drada. Yeah, they, had, they had legit women's wrestlers who you couldn't see anywhere else. And they were getting... But they had cheerleader Melissa under a fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. And then they took her off her mask and they gave her a gimmick with a bunch of zippers. And But Michael, she was so hot. The so. Michael Jackson jacket with all them zippers. No, nah, but I mean, everybody praises, everybody tra- praises Trish Stratus, to be honest. Everybody praises Trish Stratus, which 
kind of irritates me because they don't look at the fact that she was walking around with she was walking around with uh, Tessin Albert for a while. TNA. Yeah. Like, I mean, her first title. Her first title match wasn't until November 18, 2001. Survivor Series. That wasn't. That, that was my mother's 50th birthday. That was my mother's 50th birthday. She got the title match on. They're all. I'm still not going to do the ditto this friendship. Lita. And you got Jazz debuting that. You think Lita? You think Lita, who was like light years better than all the divas when she came in? She's better in the ring. Like, Trish was a better talker, which helped her yeah. a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm talking about in the ring. Lita was light years better than Jacqueline. Lita was light years better than Ivory. Light years better than China. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Light years better than Molly Holly. Light years better than Jazz. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know about Molly. I don't know about Jazz either. All right, they, the jazz thing didn't go on long enough for it to like. Okay, those are subjective. I think jazz got hurt. I mean, you take a look at WWE, too. and the WWE took chances. They took chances with their divas. They put the title on Gail Kim the first night. Well, the, here's the thing: it's like you give them all these chances, and you're like, okay, who? Here's the belt. Go do something with it. Go get them. Go do it. Wait, when they come out, and everyone's all like, let's boring, piss break, whatever. And the only time people gave a shit about the divas was Kong was running around because everyone knew who she was and she was awesome Kong. And she was basically brought in to completely murder the divas. The moment but she, she left, yes, kill bitches. Like yes, and we're all for that. But the second she left, man, okay, more piss break. Piss break. Let's go take a piss. Let's go. A bunch of dudes go into a bathroom and take a piss while a bunch of women are in the ring. Let's so that's get a piss break. I mean, I remember yeah. the last time the divas mattered. I mean, the last time the divas mattered, people were in uproar. Were in an uproar because SummerSlam 2008 it was defended alongside the Intercontinental Championship. But they don't matter. They're not. Women aren't people. Like Jason, what are your thoughts on this? I really don't have that much thoughts on this at all. To be honest exactly. With you. That is why it doesn't matter because no one gives a shit. No one cares. We're going to go back to seeing. They're going to do a pay per view this on Sunday, and With and Kelly Kelly is going to probably win, and then we're all going to go like, oh, they're burying the division, and they're all buried, and they're all. Daniel Bryan buried them in the Riot Squad. I'm going to bury everybody. I'm going to bury Shawn Michaels, even though he helped join me. And then Karma has a baby and then returns, and then completely we all forget about it. And, and, and that's a big problem. That's a big problem with professional wrestling fans. I was talking with Omega Bits a while ago. Okay, this was yesterday. And I was talking about wrestling fans. We were talking about wrestling fans being too stuck up in this day and age. And it's true. Wrestling fans, because of the internet, are quite stuck up because they can use the internet. They can write on a forum. Any idiot with a microphone and a soundboard and recording software can... Oh, man, that's the things that they said about us. Like, to be honest, to be honest, I mean, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but let's be honest, outside of WrestleView.com and and maybe right after wrestling with Jimmy Corderas, and that's a maybe stretch, there really isn't any quality professional wrestling commentary out there. 
that can go. And there probably yeah. is. We just don't listen to it right now. I mean, it might be in England because I'm sorry. I mean, English people know what the hell they know about. But I mean, who? To be what? honest, to be honest, I listen to the Ministry of Slam. I mean, they. There we go. I was just thinking about. They, 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 they knew what they were talking about. I'm not gonna lie. You know, and for, time, time, they got and, for this, and for a time, the guys already in your head knew what they were talking about until they decided they wanted to be all about the comedy. I mean, that's fine if you want to be a wrestling if you want to be a wrestling commentary, you know, podcast with comedy. That's absolutely fine. Hell, that's what the art of wrestling is today. That's what. That's what. That's what. Um, the program. I think sometimes art of wrestling can be a lot more serious. Well, the art mm, of true, is but the cabana is always kind well, of has. Well, the art of wrestling. Well, yeah, I get what you mean. Though, the artist of wrestling is a serious podcast with elements of comedy. That's Cole yeah. Cabana. That's, that's the yeah. Cole But outside of that, there isn't really much. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. You know, I'm gonna. I mean, Melina was. Melina was a good valet. She was hot then. She was a great valet friend. She was a good valet. Horrible. She was a pretty good valet. She was a pretty good heel too. Like pretty good heel. You know, a pretty good heel yeah. ballet, but a everything bad changed for Melina when she first when she broke her ankle uh, after the best. You know, that role after the best match. Let's take a look at Candice Michelle. Candice Michelle wasn't the greatest diva of all time. Candice who? Yeah. Huh? She was doing better in the ring until Beth Phoenix again. You know, Beth uh, Phoenix got injured her first freaking night out. Yeah, well, that's due to Victoria hitting her right in the jaw and breaking it. You know, Natasha, let's not forget Victoria was stiff as fuck. She fucked up a couple divas. Right, back I'll be honest. I'll be honest. You know, Lisa Marie Varen, Victoria, Tara, whoever the hell you want to call her, she's not that. She wasn't that great either. Uh, if you want to take a look, she was at good in those three. She, she came in hot. I think the fact that she turned face might have turned face shoulder. Like she came in extremely hot. Yeah, because the matches cold. with her and Trish, they were doing right. hardcore matches, that, and you would see the bleed sometimes. It's like, what? Yeah, they, didn't do, they didn't do any more. You know, let's be like, honest. What? Let's be honest. Well, broken, you know, well, like, we bloody one. noses, I we think, to the best. You're thinking yeah. Trish and Leah Survivor Series. You know, remember, remember Sully Martinez, and another one that got pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Selena's? Who? Who? The reason why good. Kevin Thorne got over? Like, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Michelle McCool. That dude had... Uh, I'm sorry. Let me just get on this. Right. That dude didn't have charisma for shit. Just ask what happened to Mordecai. Like, I'll be honest. Uh, I'll be honest. You know, you look at Michelle He was supposed to kill The Undertaker. <laughs> so it was Hayden Vanson, and he they he didn't even get a oh, view. You take, a look at, you take a look at Michelle McCool, who is, like, the most humble diva of all divas. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, not the Undertaker thing. There let's was a be, let's be honest. Let's be, let's be honest. Michelle McCool, Michelle McCool, on upon retirement was pretty humble about it. About sure. what? You know, getting about, retired. You know about the about the division, how the, the direction is going. Jillian Hall was pretty fucking butthurt about when she got fired. Because Jillian Hall was fucking good. You can fuck yourself. Does Jillian? <laughs> She's the only hall that screwed over there, told her that she was going to become a trainer. And she did they, become like, a trainer, months later, And then two months later, they, they get rid of her. They pulled the rug from under her. <laughs> they were like, whoa, you mad, mad, bro? Really? Crystal Marshall gets mad because she's all like, uh, I don't want to be Lita and be called a whore. I'm like, what? Like, I understand, but there's a point. Lita actually did cheat on Matt with Edge, which was yeah, why the fans uh, felt like they can call her that at any point, which, yeah, I know we do the same well, with Chris Melina, Marshall but... Well, was doing this out of a... 
storyline? She didn't want to be... The person you're not even with? Was Black you... Lesnar pissed? <laughs> oh, oh, man, dude. Divas are weird. Like, it's, it's weird, because, you know, let's, let's, okay, let's, all right, let's pretend. Let's pretend the the WWE was this magical, mythical place that the IWC wanted to be, where everyone, everyone gets a push. Well, why you know, would we imagine Everyone that? has 15-minute matches, 15 to 20-minute matches. Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are the, are the champions. And John Morrison. And, and, and John, Morrison and John and Cena was fired. Okay, so when the company goes over in, like, two seconds, you know, when, when it completely falls apart, you know, because you don't have a guy that everyone recognizes... You have immediately long matches that make no sense, and everyone's getting going over and shaking hands, so you completely ruin the idea of having heels and faces. You have no one that anyone connects to because everyone's just a dude with a face and a guy with a microphone, and everyone's all like, look at these divas, and they're all great. Well, then you go, well, for the last 20 years, we've been drilled to not give a shit about the divas. So here's this, so it's 15 minutes of just me not giving a shit. That's a long time for a television show. Like, if I get to a segment in a television show and for 15 minutes I didn't give a shit about it, I'm fucking turning the channel and I'm not turning back. Triple H? Aww. <laughs> Triple H opening Raw? Aww. Ooh. Yeah, Aww. that was... Like, let's be honest. When Triple H opens Raw, and, I mean, remember when he opened Raw during the whole volcano issue and that was his 15 minutes of ripping shit? Ripping people? You know, nah. totally going going off on like Lillian Garcia, who was broken. <laughs> but at one night, people got mad at that. I mean, so if you're gonna get mad at something like that, and not get mad at the fact that and, you know you want to get mad at the WWE, the WWE, for treating the divas with disrespect and duping the fans with 60 minute matches, think about how television is done. If you're not in television, shut the fuck up because you don't know how it works. You don't know how television works. If the ratings are going down every time the Divas are out there, there's no point in fucking going to war with them. It worked, it worked for TNA because the Divas, We're the, the knockouts, were the highest rated thing on the show. So it made sense to push them to the moon and let them main event impact. The and then they kind of fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. Joe Kim hit Awesome Kong with an empty bottle. She sold it like death. That's the what I Buster actually busted I mean, her. Hey, hey, listen. Right. You know, listen. I'll be honest. Only R2 can bust people with a water bottle and people can sell that shit like that because it's funny. Because the main reason R2. why that knockout division fell went down the tubes. No, the reason why the, the... Oh, you will say Eric Bischoff? Because I was going to say that too. No, no, no. I was going to say that yeah, Also because Taylor Wilde kind of flopped. Taylor Wilde flopped and the fact that they lost Scott Demore as their agent. Like, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, you know, like, I give people a lot of trash, but I'm telling you right now, like, if if a certain diva's website fully supports this and totally misses the point of why this whole thing is a mess. If you wanted to get better, then get behind it. Think, like, actually, actively. Pay fucking attention. Get behind it. Like, don't go, oh, bathroom break time. It's good. Like, no. So do you they think that's right? Put your ass down and wait uh, for a John Morrison match to go so you go take the bathroom break, okay? Uh, you know, yeah. add dirt. Or David Ortonga, man. You know, like, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If, if fans would just sit down, sit down. You know, when the diva went in the house of Master Square Garden when I went to, the two people that were sitting next to me, the divas came on and had a match with Sonny as the referee. You know the two dudes that were sitting next to me talking to me told me 
Oh, bathroom break. Damn. And they left. No, even at the show I went to, that was not the bathroom break match. That was Kozlov and Finley, but that's for other reasons, because Kozlov was kind of a shitty worker. But, like, the fans will still take a shit because it's woman. It's much like how the WNBA doesn't matter. Or, overall, women's soccer doesn't matter. Nah, women's soccer and Hope Solo will ruin it for America. You know, it, you know, no, let's be honest. It, it, women's college basketball matters because it's women's college basketball, and everybody loves watching women's college lacrosse. But that's that's too well because UConn is like the dominant fucking team, like de- crush, destroy, kill, undefeated, whatever the fuck you can describe. Them. Black poet, what? Anyway, you know what? If we come down to this, and I don't want to get into some deep discussion here about like going out all off the completely off the rails. But I think it's just a matter of like you see how diff- two different two different like real uh, stereotypes were t- taken care of back in the last century. One was racism and one was sexism with the the advent of women's rights in the advent and the other stuff in the sixties. The other stuff is male to get fixed. I don't think to this day women's rights and the male and female demographic. I don't males. know. I don't know. There is a lot of women executives nowadays. There's a lot of women executives, but I still don't think to this day men give women the exact... They don't respect them. They don't. They don't. They don't. Really, I mean, speaking as a man, we really don't. I mean, I love... Like, Renee, okay, not... Like, okay, to, to, to quickly rein this in before it goes somewhere it shouldn't, what's about in wrestling? Yeah, right, I know. fans yeah. are like, you know, like a casual, know. like not 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 us, not not us, not the people who probably okay, listen to the podcast, but guys who like watch and like kind of like joke around and watch it, like you know the typical IWC like CM Punk is the greatest guy ever. We hate John Cena because it's still 2006. Like those kind of guys, <laughs> like they hate they hate the women, they hate the divas because they were they were brought up in time where the divas were shit. That and they hate the Divas because once they got to see WSU in their 73 minute match and Shimmer, you know, they. It's shit on Shimmer because it's all women's wrestling. And the fact yeah, you look at ROH, they, no, they, they all don't. love ROH. They barely no. show women's matches no, when they, they do. They don't. They don't sit on a woman. You want to know Shimmer woman? They don't because they see the woman doing the same shit. No, because the dude bro, cool IWC bro, has no idea who the fucking Shimmer women are. You think the same people who bitch about John Cena never losing, even though, okay, bitch about Cena never losing, talk about how Punk is awesome, talk about how this dude, how Evan Bourne doesn't get a push, how Swagger gets buried, and how John Morrison's the greatest guy ever. You think that guy knows who the fucking Portia Perez is? Wait, 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 here's a good example. The same person that I mean, bitched about John Cena losing was probably the same guy that was like, oh, we want mischief to hold the belt forever. The minute Madison Eagles gets it, Fans just completely shit on Madison, Madison Like they, he didn't even Cena. deserve the shit. He get they like John Cena her. They John Cena her. That's basically yeah. what it is. And the to the point where she brought it up, like, why are you still booing because me? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and the fact that the wrestling business itself is is, is disrespecting women to for from anybody the on Twitter for anybody for anybody on Twitter who follows this cat Stephen Money. And he was talking about the WWE poll and whatever not and everything like that. Who's the real WWE champion? He said, like, CM Punk because John Cena's been shoved down our throats way too damn much. I'm sorry. John Cena's only shoved down your throat for those who want him to get shoved down the throat. Yeah. Well, it's going back to the women. It's just a matter of, it's not just the fans that disrespect them. 
it's the people in the business who disrespect them. I mean, what what what, what they did with Wendy Richter, what what they did, you know. No, it's before. not that. It's not that. That's a bullshit excuse. But well, Wendy Richter's a little different because they that's money Wendy and Richter, other shit. Like, that's Wendy anybody Richter can get screwed like herself. that. Just ask Bret Hart. But Wendy Richter dicked herself. Alyssa Blaze dicked herself. Um, who else? Melina is dicking herself right now. So, or getting dicked down, but yeah. Serena. Yeah. <laughs> Serena dicked herself. Mickey James dicked herself. Don't you herself. mean drunk herself? Dicked herself. A lot of people dicked them. Lita, <laughs> even, Lita even dicked herself. And Bye. it's also the, also the way of the, what their characters are portrayed as. But nine times out of ten, most of these women, even a heel or a babyface, are if they're paired up with some sort of guy in a in a storyline, it's always they're the slut or they're the whore. They're not like they're not showing that way. Oh, that man, is that a bad thing? Because in society, sluts and whores are looked at in a typical heel vein. Well, and also, but also as baby faces too. Um, look like in the, a way, the storyline look like the Lita Matt Hardy Kane storyline in a four. Look at the tr- Trish Jericho. Christian storyline of three going into a court. All three of them were heels? All three of them were heels at the time. All three of them were heels. Lita was not a heel at the time. Well, the whole thing with the Lita one was that Kane pretty much raped her, and then they had I don't care about that storyline because Jane Stinsky punted a baby and all was made right. But, you know, let's take a look at the Jericho one. They all were heels at the time. That worked because they... Trish wasn't a heel yet. Yes, she was! That she now? Oh, she, she turned heel because of she it. She turned heel because Jericho was going babyface. And that was on WrestleMania 20. Well, they well they were pushing her to be a heel, right? Exactly. Not really. That was they were, about uh, a left field. And she Trish, went with Christian. Uh, <laughs> the Trish-Jericho relationship was a way to get Jericho over to the babyface side. And to get Christian it's a more heel heat, but it was also meant for Christian ah, Stop, heel. stop dissecting it like you're trying to justify it right now and you sound like an ass. In all effective in all effectiveness, they were all heels at the time. Boom. Because Jericho was getting transitioned into the babyface role, right? Started out yeah. Christian was trying to get more heel heat and they were trying to turn to Stratus heel. In effect, they were all heels. Case done. Well, then, kind of, because the Trish Stratus, because up until then, Christian had, like... I win. Like, he put the walls of Jericho on her at one point. I win. Yeah, I put the walls of Jericho on Trish Stratus. That was Christian that did that, Randy. Uh, Excuse me, Christian. I win. I win. Anyways, I win this cousin. Anyways, WWE giving Divas a chance is a bullshit position. You know, it's stupid. They're booked every week, so don't it. For the 4,263 people, including John Cena, who signed this petition, are fucking idiots. Cena, just do it so he would get some and ass from one of the demons. And, and I am the biggest WWE, I'm the biggest John Cena fan there is, and I'm calling him a fucking idiot. Let's be real. Let's be real. You have, have got to be, if you're like my favorite sports sports figure and you have to have done something stupid for me to call you an idiot. And this he supports women's rights. He wants them to vote. I mean let's be real. I mean we take a look at we took a look at we took a look at women's suffrage. I mean let's be honest. They say men don't respect women. I love my girlfriend to death. I respect her to death. 
You know what I mean? That's because we kind of don't, to be honest. <laughs> like, let's be real. Because, but let's be real. Women sometimes do stuff that causes us not to respect them. Because we don't respect... I think how this has nothing to do with wrestling. <laughs> like, We're just going nothing. into a life podcast. Wrestling and life podcast. <laughs> like, this is the art of life podcast. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird allegory, but it works. It's a weird allegory. It works. It works in wrestling. No, not really. But, uh, I mean, wrestling is its own. It's just fucking. It's just creepy, man. It's just all like, like man. Wrestling, listen, wrestling. Women and rights and voting and shit. And we're like, man. Like, go make a sandwich. Nick, let's be real. That's, that's what I want. I want the sandwich making championship. Where's that? <laughs> sandwich, bitch. Nick, let's be honest. Mm, like, where's the Joey Ryan boot plus trophy? Like, I want that. <laughs> but Nick, look at look at where I'm coming from with this. I mean, it's a weird allegory. Wrestling is its own society. I mean. If the, and the fans and the fans don't respect the woman. What do you think the WWE is going to do? Because uh, the WWE respects them. I mean, fuck, they pay them and they trot them out on their weekly television show. If the WWE respected women so much, they wouldn't have let Dawn Marie go when she was pregnant with a kid. Who? Okay, yeah, that one. Uh, is, that, yeah, that, that one's that, fucked up. That, <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. But you know what? I, I don't know. Maybe. maybe don't get pregnant. Like, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, True. They plan- maybe they were planning to release Dawn Marie in the first place. This just accelerated things. I- True, but then again, you can't wait nine months. Like, honestly. Oh, considering it's contracts, I'm pretty sure they reimbursed her or yeah, paid for her hospital bills. No, it's <laughs> Well, then they did. Okay, whatever. Whatever. I can't give a fuck. Who gives a fuck? Don't, don't get pregnant. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't get pregnant. I'm sorry. Pregnant. Karma, like, Karma got pregnant. They're keeping her contract. You want to know why? Because Karma is a fucking commodity in the WWE. Because she's going to make the money. She's going to make some white people rich. He had to do Al Wilson. You know, that's real. Yeah, that should have gained you a job for life. Like, I'm sorry. That is true. But I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. In all honesty, the WWE respects their women. They really do. It's just that if you don't... They respect the ones that make money for them. Like, we'll put it like that. Melina could have But they money. leave and But who does? But who does? Kelly Kelly makes a lot of money for them. Mm, the Divas does a brand make money for them, but not a single Diva does. Well, that's... The world heavyweight champion just called her a hoe that slept with ten people because... And they're analyzing the disrespect. And they're analyzing the disrespect. But then shit. again, that. But then again, Jason, cause this is Randy Orton, who's been rumored to shit in the diva's bag. So I that's mean, more him. And again, they're analyzing the disrespect on behalf of WWE. Well, I think that's more him in general. I understand where you're getting from that. But then when you're world heavyweight champion, but then when you, when you're world heavyweight champion, is gonna say that in an interview when it's gonna be heard by a lot of people like white. Stop! You're allegorizing Randy Orton with the WWE front office. You can't do that because it's Randy Orton. The front office shitted on him for saying that. Haters gonna hate. They shit on him for saying something about The Rock, not Kelly Kelly. No, because The Rock made him money. Kelly Kelly don't make him money. Exactly. Well, that's that's it's not a fault of anyone's fault. I mean, it's just like they're not draws. Like, They've never been draws. Trish Stratus like, wasn't a draw. Trish Stratus wasn't a draw. Trish was kind of a draw. I would, kind say, of. I would say Stephanie is more of a draw than all of the Divas. Well, Stephanie was a prominent mm. television figure. If you were talking about a draw, I would fucking think Vicky would be a draw. Well, Vicky also... was a bigger draw than most of the Divas. Well, Vicky technically isn't even a Diva. By technical yeah, standards. She is considered a superstar. I mean, she does, she does divas, she does divas photo shoots, sure, 
but she's a superstar. She is on that upper echelon of divas. Vicky is the. I think I think they just need to team up with Playboy again and start doing Playboy shoots. Still, we're making money because remember Ashley? Yeah. Uh, no one wants to see Ashley and Sario in Playboy. Uh, as I did, by, but yeah, as that's evident, me. As evident by the reaction she got on SmackDown when she unveiled her like photo shoot cover. Like, uh, like, how can why didn't Trish win? Like, why didn't we have all these other people who we wanted to see? Like, well, Trish never wanted to do it. Trish didn't want to do it. Melina said she never wanted to do it. I bet because, do but it. because the whole locker room's already seen it. Because <laughs> Batista's already been inside of it. <laughs> He's like, it's pretty big in here. Like, how did Morrison fit in here? Was Mercury with it, too? Was that why oh, you were called Eminem? Oh, shit. <laughs> he did the Starship paint in there? Yeah. Moonlight Drop? Spanish fly. Ah, uh, the neck breaker. The self neck breaker. <laughs> the Hyatt. Nah, I'm not even going to say that. Oh, no. I, I stopped my no. right there. That, yeah, that was. was but, you know. I take, I take a million Hyabusas over one John Morris. Alright, but to be honest, in all, in all retrospect, taking a look at the Diva stuff and things like that, again, this whole give WWE Divas, chan- give, give WWE Divas a chance thing. It is retarded. It it kind of comes, yeah, my bad to cut you off there, but it comes off when, I don't know, they're doing a gimmick that's kind of it's also, portraying what you're talking about. It also comes off as a bunch of women who are either mad, mad or butch lesbians who, you know, get off seeing the divas. I'm just saying. Dikey feminine. Which is fine. We, we as wrestling community, we as members of the wrestling community, do not discriminate. I don't know. Woman that looks like guys, I I can't buy that. True, but it's... Well, fucking... I'm, really I'm not fucking them, that's all I know. I'm <laughs> have to sleep with them. Like, I'm sorry if they don't take dick, they're useless. Aw. Well, Nicole Bass is already useless, so... Aw. Uh, I don't know. That's just me on, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where we go with that. Like, where do you go with that? You can't really segue into anything except what will be on the next IWR, Jason. And that will be us going over the Ring of Honor TV tapings. That will take place this Saturday in what? Chicago. Wait, 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 wait. Why would we go over that? Like, why? That's important. It's the first TV tapings. Why not wait till it airs on TV? No, because we it's don't... It's over a month away. <laughs> Show. And not a lot. Not everybody's gonna get it. <laughs> uh, again, why don't we wait to get it on TV? Bring in Mr. V and do that. I mean, that is true. Mm, yeah, some any big shows. Maybe the PWG show would be out. I doubt it. Uh, eight should be coming out soon. Well, the All Star Weekend's out there. It's out. Yeah. It's been shipped. Maybe, maybe but, a DVD review. I think that's we. I think that's we. We we go retro. I mean, if we if, do some classic reviews like Randy has been talking about for the last couple of weeks that he wants to do. Like, tell me what review. I'll download it right now. I uh, let me see because I just saw Best of the American Super Juniors. Uh, no one, no one should watch Best of the American. <laughs> no, that show isn't that bad, but God damn. No man. one should do that. Why not? Shit. Why not? And this is just an idea. Go over the summer of punk. Ooh. Mm. I kind of don't want to see the punk Daniels draw. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That, well, that's all I handle. It's not like a. We can talk about that. 
Let's do. Well, I guess it'd be topical. We can. Yeah, next, I wouldn't mind going I through mean, some. We can, go over the the of we can go over the whole summer of punk. We can do the BDK storyline. That should take a couple of podcasts. Yeah, let's do that. That's never good. One the BDK. We can also take a look at SCW if we get the, if we take a look at SCW if we get the chance. Yeah, because this this week yeah. the, this week's uh. The, the yeah, Los Angeles is coming up. This week or next week on SCW is the uh, yeah, if we the, Holly, the Holly hyped um, Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins match. If I can find Shimmer Volume Thirty Seven somewhere, I can we can do that. Wait, hold on, Shimmer Volume Thirty Seven. Yeah, that's the new one. I'm going searching. Yeah. Oh shit! And oh, I I already got something we can do. Tag Team Turmoil has just gotten put up on. On extreme wrestling torrents. What are you talking we, about? Oh, the new, the newest. The July R-H-D-B. Ring of Hot, the newest ROH TV tag team turmoil from Richmond. Hold on, let me take a look. Checking. Checking. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I, I'm just looking. That's all. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's hilarious because that's something Deadpool would say. <laughs> God. Deadpool's my nigga. Well, I don't think CJ would. Well, like because. Like, but, but CJ doesn't like really anything that has um, Davey Richards in it. But well, really that'd be... Oh, we, we would have to do ROH before 2006. So, okay, let's... Okay, this isn't something we should talk about all podcasts, but, you know. It's like something right, awesome we'll, and epic. We'll have something... We'll, we'll, we'll be going retro next week. That's all we can really like say for you guys. Classic with a K. Like the best and the worst stage in the fall. The thing is, we're giving you guys ideas of what we could potentially talk about. There. We can also talk about none of this and be all like, man, let's talk about SummerSlam. Yeah! Right. Or, or, or the WWE 12 roster reveal. Yeah! Well, no, well, speaking of the WWE 12 roster reveal, that will is official. It will be 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Justin.tv and on the THQ and WWE websites. All right. So, uh, so Saturday, I think we will be probably maybe doing a post show looking at the the roster and who we like and who we didn't like that made the cut and who uh, they got snubbed. Hey, we, we do, do a little, we'll we do do a little a show Saturday. Let's do a video game podcast. Roster reveal post show. Yeah, I remember I doing a show, show like that last year. They held it well. And how? And how we can go live? Oh my God! Lives. I mean, I got a, I do have, I do have UStream accounts, so it's like, yeah. Hey, we can go live on it, guys. We do, yeah, we do, we do. We know, how to, do live, live, we know how to do video game podcasts. Yeah, me and Nick, <laughs> we're, we're fucking experts at that. Like, yeah, we know how it works, so we'll talk about it. So, okay, over under. I guess it'll be one. <laughs> or it'll be over, okay, odds on cold personality being in the game. Ooh. I, I I like this game. I like this game. I think uh, they'll put it in there. Percents, like percents. What is your percents? Zero. They did. When Desmond did say over the, uh, a couple days ago, they did get updated trance and music. Uh, zero. Why? It's it's just gonna be a lot to give to the band to put that in the game. Yeah, you have to give them the money to put it in the game. It's like the so biggest like thing with Cult of Personality is, and the most interesting thing about how it's going to work is when when the SummerSlam DVD comes out. It's, well, li- it's licensed. I think the WWE owns the rights to it. They bought it. Yeah, no. but it, they didn't own. They don't own the rights to it because copyright copyright exists for seventy five years. For seventy five years, 
I think they have the right to use it on TV and house shows, but they we don't know what we don't know is yeah they're allowed to use it on DVDs and video games and whatnot. I mean, house shows you can do whatever the hell you want and get away. Video yeah, games exactly. for the most part they usually do. I'm gonna say sixty percent. I'm telling you, house shows you can do whatever the I'll hell. I'll say seventy. I'll tell you why. Because listen, We Are One on, was in the listen, DLC listen, pack, but, listen, but it was the effed up version of We Are One. But hear me out. Like, we Are One though. But hear me out. But hear me out though. Hear me out. House shows you can do whatever the hell you want. You no, can put on, put on whatever music you want. They can't say anything. It just come into America before on uh, on that Orlando company house. I'd give it a you know I'm gonna give it like a good seventy percent because you just licensed it for the soundtrack. I'm giving I'm really gonna give it maybe a thirty percent to be honest. I said zero before, but I'm giving it thirty percent because yeah, you have to try and get that for the thing. I don't think they. All right, seventy percent so chance for me. Would you say, Randy? I'll say, yeah, I'd put 72, because they did get Jimi Hendrix in the one game, and Jimi Hendrix music yeah, your mouth. really hard to get. Shut your mouth with uh, the whole thing. CJ went 30. The reason, and the reason I, I'm going 30 is really because, really mainly because of, you know, the cutoff date. So it's like the cutoff date to put the stuff in the game. True, but then again, they had um, Cody Rhodes. Uh, they had Smoke and Mirrors in eleven. Yet it wasn't. Yeah, the but they had it all right. Okay, so Jason, what do you got? I had about sixty-five. Sorry, sixty-five. Right, so, I mean, I'm not doing any of these numbers. I'm just saying. All right, cut off for. So, uh, but uh, over-under. okay. So another one. Chances are that uh, Dolph has his new music in there. Today, Corey Ledesma said on his Twitter that they were able to get more music and Minitrons in the game, but they can't say who they are for. I am going to definitely go... Now, Downstate, is, now Downstate has had this track for yeah. a minute. They've had it for a long time, since about the beginning of the year. I'm going to say, I'm really going to say uh, 100%. Yeah, anything to me, anything that comes off the iTunes that WWE puts up, I think is pretty much fair game. And has a real good shot of being in the game. Because to be honest, let's take a look at when Jericho was put in 2010. They didn't use his regular theme. They, they used, used the Volume 8 version of Break the Wall's Man. Yeah, they used the metal version. Which sucked. <laughs> not the good metal version. It sucked. Okay, there was the good one from Forcible Entry by Seven Dust. Yeah, I love that version. Yeah. They, used, they used that. Uh, they had, I think... They never. They I think what another one that they used, another one that they didn't use on TV. I, I don't remember, but that was one that really stuck out to me. Yeah, there's been a couple. The Hardys was a big one because it shut your mouth. They didn't use the the uh, loaded. Yeah. But uh, yes. But yes. So you think Dolphy has his new music? I think he does. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You also have to RBD. That was the big. That's Hold the on. main here's big also, one. Here's also another issue too. You always have to remember the disc space on the Xbox 360 is the biggest limitation that they have. Yeah, they said, and what Desma said that too. What Desma okay, said you're that not too. saying you put a million people's names in. I'm saying you think Dolphy. You think they took the time to swap out the MP3 file? Say what? Yeah. You think swap out? That's all it is. Just an MP3 file. Yeah, pretty much. It's not, it's not an MP3 file. I mean, it is an MP3 file. People have ripped it to shreds. It's an MP3. It's straight up. How do you think they get the themes? If you get it, if you get it straight from iTunes, it's not an MP3. It's an M4A. No, I'm talking about from the the game itself. It's not like it's it's a it's a special high bit rate fucking MP3. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you can rip the music. Yo, I have ripped the music off the off the SmackDown soundtrack and put it on an iPad. 
on an iPod. I've done it for SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 and the original. I've done it. The MP Thrizzles. All right. Uh, um, over, under, over under on Caitlyn and AJ being in the game. Ah, uh, you stole mine. Ah. Okay, over, okay. so the over under would be one, right? It would be one. At least one of them. Yeah, one. Uh, 40%. I'm going to say... Kaylin's more lo- likely than AJ because Kaylin was on the roster in January. AJ did not make the roster till at least June. Yeah, Caitlyn, definitely. So if any, of, if any of them... I, think, I, think I can see them as DLCs, definitely. They'll be the... If anything, AJ will be a DLC. I think Caitlyn... Yeah. Is, I think I think, I think, has, I think AJ and Caitlyn are DLC. I think, I think they make an NXT pack and they put those two in. And it was just maybe Johnny Kurt Johnny Kurt or something. No, I think Johnny Kurt. Over under on um over under on NXT being a part of Road to WrestleMania created wrestler. Uh ten. Ten percent. Twenty. So zero. Zero. Really they, don't, I don't, they don't really re- reference NXT. I don't even think the arena makes this game. <laughs> oh. no, I think it's going to make the game this year. The next arena, it definitely is. I don't think so. It's not that important to make an arena for it. Hey, they put superstars in there. It was important for the first season. It's not important. Well, superstars is more important than say. And they play WCW, let's be real. Which was oh, that's actually, that's actually a good question. What, is, what special arena you think makes it in this year's game? ECW? I they did it in ECW. Well, actually, they didn't. That was I, would nice. probably, I would probably... Like Hammerstein ECW? Uh, no, ECW, WWE's um, brand. Uh, thing. Ooh, no, I no. want them. I want them to do what they did. Um, what I, game I was it? Was it 06 where they did the WrestleMania 9 arena? Yeah. That was yes. awesome. I'd love to see like some of the old school arenas. And especially they had, And they had the big blue cage. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. See, see, okay. Jason is trying to guess why SBR 2006 is fucking badass. <laughs> it is. It is. It is still to my day. My still to this day my favorite SmackDown game. Over here comes the paint. Yes. Your comes the paint was pretty good, but yeah, 06 was pretty fucking. Because like I was like I could like I died in that car mode, man. Hey, you can make every <laughs> you make every freaking thing in that car mode, and it had that bootleg ass looking slice bread number two before they got it before they got it right. <laughs> yeah, that took him a while. I, like, I think that I think that uh, to be honest, you know, I think that oh, SmackDown sits the only game to in have the Orin Netbreaker. Or like the one that he puts him up on the shoulder and like drops him. Yeah. So yeah, because he like run. never like he, he like starts doing it again. He I like think. busted it out like two weeks ago. Like what? Like, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. No, he's actually used it way in the past, but yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think that what they might do if they do this, they might, you know, put like some old SummerSlam arenas or something like that, because let's be honest. There's a SummerSlam arena that was any good, though, I'm trying to think. The one that they put on the surfboard one I liked. The highway to hell one was pretty good. The one one where Triple H came back, we had like the big circular Tron. Yeah, the one that they put in All-Stars. Yeah. That's 98. Uh, but I always like when Madison Square Garden does the, uh, uh when I, they... I, I think it'd be real cool to have, like, the the Royal Rumble that was at Madison Square Garden, though. 
They just have it like, right on the floor. That at the Square Garden entrances when they have it. It's always like... They, did it. they didn't do it. They did not do that one for SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 at all. All right, here's what they need to really do. And this is what one of the few things that that Final Legends of Wrestling game did, did right. <laughs> was they actually took the locations and made them arenas. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually uh, funny. They do that's do that in, in 11. No, they didn't. That they didn't it's, make arena arena specific locations like you know like how, this actual you, building. Do you know how much work that is to put that in a game? Oh yeah, my god, they have to do work programs. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out on this one. <laughs> Hear me out on this one. Let's take a look at the NCAA games and the football games mm. and the Madden games. Yeah, they do pretty good doing that. And they do a lot of places. I'm not saying doing every single big arena. I'm saying, like, keep it to, like, the big four, like, Madison Square Garden, the Staples Center. Um, like, get the WrestleMania have- arena looking like, you know, the Georgia Dome. Yeah, exactly. Like, the WrestleMania arena, well, the WrestleMania arenas usually do look like the WrestleMania arenas. But not as... Uh, there was one that... The 24 one, they no. didn't do the whole album. One was, like, pretty bad. I can't remember like, which one it was. Like, it was like that epically, like, stupid long entrance walk. Like, the music is, like, 20. looping, where the music has to loop because it's so long. The 20. <laughs> I think it would have been 25. No, you were 25 or 19. 19. It's 19. Alright, right, chances are that I can finally make a freaking Psycho Driver. Uh, zero? <laughs> Damn. It's getting close to it, because... Like, like, they don't have to do, like, a throw in, like, The a, best like, you can probably get is, like, if Tyler Rex is in the game and he uses that oh, yeah. oh, right, oh, oh, bootleg-burning hammer. Here's the, thing about, here's the thing about a creative finisher, though. Here's the thing about a creative finisher. That kind of... You can do, like, triple shooting star elbow drops. I still can't do a spike drive. <laughs> And they reference all these moves' names. They reference the package power driver. Still can't do the package power driver. Looks more yeah. like a Ricola bomb. Yeah, it does. So that is okay. Oh, that is, that is, is a good that. question. How many moves would they reference that you can actually do in the game? No, how many, how no many I can look. I can go on my. I can go on my Xbox right now and put the names of moves that I've actually made. Like I'll be honest. Oh, here's here's one. How 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 what's the percentage of uh, Ring of Honor or or other or other um non WWE promotions? Their the the main talents um big moves make the SmackDown game. References. I think. Uh, um, to be honest, to be honest, they haven't done that since No Mercy. What's what They haven't done that since No Mercy. And No Mercy. Yeah, they're really going well because that was going off a of freaking. Virtual Pro Wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I would love, still, I would love, still doesn't seem like a good, like, recording. I, I would love to see, I would, I would love to see the rolling boot. The rolling like heroes, elbows. Like, I'll be honest, like, I'll be honest, like, you know. They got the sliding D in there last year. Like, I tell you what, I tell you what. Oh, yeah, the internal dream of uh, Carino, yeah. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite thing is, like, one thing that we really need. One nah, thing, uh, Carino's is really a sliding need. C. It's one a thing, lady, but one my bad. thing we really need is a deeper role to WrestleMania. That's yeah. Like, uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing it. I was so wrong. I was so badass, but. Let me get my thought make... out. Let me get my thought out first before you guys True. go and think. I don't want to just go from the Rumble to WrestleMania. Where do you want to start? 
I want to start from like, yes, that's the ideal road to WrestleMania. I understand that. I'd like to maybe start out from Survivor Series or something like that. Mm, or go into a hood. But they have to go through like TLC. Like go into a go into a, a, a storyline in progress, not just a brand new storyline, but a storyline in progress. Like just go in there and be like, hey. Well, that kind of kills the point of doing the storyline from the beginning. I mean, like you know, maybe start out with some intrigue and things like that, kind of like how Day of Reckoning does. But I don't. Okay, I don't like really starting from the Rumble because. It never really starts with you winning the Rumble. You never win the Rumble. Uh-uh. Yeah, I remember, like, it was still in 2006 where, like, if you lost the Rumble, Vince would restart the match. Yeah. <laughs> so, you could re- so you could win the Rumble. Yeah, you say, oh, this guy cheated. That or, that or, no, Rey Mysterio was in the Rumble one of, one of the years. And if you lose, you have to continue. So... Anyways, guys, that's the end of the podcast, the IWR podcast. My name is Clinton Bowman. I had just a slight connection issue. Uh, that was the end of that. So um, we'll talk to you guys next week, and good luck and peace out.